This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. Good afternoon, everyone, from Bristol International Raceway. Well, Winston Cup Racing has certainly lived up to its billing as the most competitive form of motorsports in the world in the young 1985 season that's underway. And let's take a look at the starting lineup for today's Valleydale 500. Back in 30th position is rookie driver Don Hume of Charlotte, North Carolina. He'll be in the cleaner hands racing Chevrolet. J.D. McDuffie starts 29th from Sanford, North Carolina. That's the Rumpel Furniture Racing Pontiac for McDuffie. Starting 28th is Ronnie Thomas of Christiansburg, Virginia, the Thomas Racing Chevrolet. 27th starter will be Mike Potter from Johnson City, Tennessee in the Walker Enterprises Ford. 26th starter is Phil Good of Martinsville, Virginia. He'll be in Buddy Arrington's Racing Chrysler. 25th, Jimmy Means of Huntsville, Alabama starts the Broadway Motors Chevrolet. 24th, Sterling Marlin from Columbia, Tennessee in the Auto Shack Chevrolet. 23rd is Clark Dwyer of Colorado Springs, Colorado in the Sonny King-sponsored car. That's a Ford. Then in 22nd position, another rookie driver, Eddie Beerswale of San Antonio, Texas, the U.S. Racing Chevrolet, and 21st, Bobby Hillen Jr. of Midland, Texas, in the Trap Rock Industry Chevrolet. Dave Marcus starts 20th from Wausau, Wisconsin, the AEL Rentals Oldsmobile. Phil Parsons is in the Skoll Chevrolet, prepared by Roger Hamby. He'll be starting 19th. 18th starter, Buddy Baker of Charlotte, North Carolina, the Bullfrog Nits Liquid Wrench Oldsmobile. Rusty Wallace from St. Louis, Missouri, starts his Alugard Spectrum Furniture Pontiac in 17th spot. Another of the rookie contenders, Ken Schrader of Fenton, Missouri, he'll start 16th in Junie Donlevy's Ultra Seal Ford. Richard Petty of Randleman, North Carolina, starts the STP Pontiac in 15th spot. 14th, and the man will be conversing with much of the afternoon, Joe Rutman of the Folgers Coffee Chevrolet. He's got the in-car microphone with him today, Joe from Upland, California. Tim Richmond of Ashland, Ohio, starts 13th in the old Milwaukee Pontiac. 12th starter, Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina. That's the Wrangler Chevrolet. And starting 11th from Randleman, North Carolina, Kyle Petty in the Wood Brothers 711 Ford. Back in 10th position is Jeff Bodine of Chemung, New York in the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. Starting 9th, Darrell Walter, Franklin, Tennessee in the Budweiser Chevy. The 8th starter is Bill Elliott out of Dawsonville, Georgia in the Coors Racing Ford. 7th position belongs to Ron Bouchard of Fitchburg, Massachusetts in the Valvoline Buick. In 6th position, Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia. He's in the Motorcraft and Camelot Ford of Bud Moore. Starting fifth, Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi, and the Nationwide Auto Parts Pontiac. In fourth spot, Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas, in the Piedmont Airlines Chevrolet. And third on the field is Neil Bonnet of Hueytown, Alabama, in the Budweiser Chevrolet. Front row, Bobby Allison, best qualifying effort he's put together in a long, long time out of Hueytown, Alabama, the Miller American Buick, and on the pole with a new qualifying mark this year, Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina, the Kmart Skull Bandit Chevrolet. Set to go here in just a moment. Now, as we told you, the temperature right now is in the mid-50s, and the wind is gusting anywhere from 20 to 35 miles an hour. It's very cool here at the racetrack, so the engines have been fired. They'll let them sit there on pit road for a minute or two and kind of warm the oil up in the engines, and, of course, they'll get out on the track and take at least three laps, I'm sure, before they'll cut them loose here this afternoon. We have the in-car radio in the Folgers Coffee Chevrolet. Motor Racing Network has a microphone in there this afternoon. Joe Rutman, of course, is the driver of the Folgers Coffee Machine. Let's check in with Joe right now as he sits there on pit road and see if everything's working. Joe, you ready to go? Marty, everything looks really nice. It's uh, super weather for this type of race. A little cold for the fans, but uh, this is ideal weather for the driver. What kind of shape are you in for the race today? I know you guys were pretty well pleased with your practice session here yesterday afternoon, but this is one tough place to get it done. Well, the important thing, Tony, uh, Marty, that uh, we're just able to run the full distance, stay out of trouble, Missed the things on the racetrack like I didn't do with the sportsman car, but uh, that's what puts you out of the race here. 
Just one little mistake, and uh, you put your car on the sidelines. Joe, we'll be checking in with you this afternoon from time to time. I'm sure there will be some caution flags here, and maybe we'll have a chance to keep up with your progress in the race. Have a good one. Thank you very much. It's Joe Ruttman in the Folgers coffee machine here as the cars begin to move out onto the racetrack right now. They'll take a lap or two here, and we'll be set to go racing in the Valleydale 500 at Bristol, Tennessee. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's stop here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. We're under green. Harry Gant on the break. Pulls away by half a car length. Bobby Allison tucks in right behind him as they work to turn two and down the back stretch. Gant leads him off two with Allison right behind him. Then Bonnet running fourth as the body. Fifth, Lake Speed and Ron Bouchard closing up in six. Those six cars begin to pull away. Quite a few of the hot dogs started back in the middle of the field. They'll have to thread their way to the front. Gant will lead the first lap. Allison still rides second. Third is Bonnet. Fourth as they work back into turn number two is Terry Labonte. The back of the pack trying to make the moves. Now they string out about 13 cars down this back straightaway. Gant still at the point. Bobby Allison is second, Neil Bonnet third, fourth is Labonte, Lake Speed is fifth, Ron Bouchard is sixth, they're all single file, seventh is Ricky Rudd with Bill Elliott eighth, ninth is Darrell Waltrip, and tenth, Jeff Bodine. The entire field strung out single file all the way around the racetrack now. Harry Gann and Bobby Allison begin to pull away slightly from Bonnet now as they swing into turn four. That's pretty much the way they'll run the first eight or ten laps here is single file to get a feel for the racing surface, see what the car is going to do, and then the serious racing will begin sometime around after ten or twelve laps when they pretty well have the cars dialed in and know how they're going to feel. Harry Gant is still leading here as we're in the opening seconds here of the Valleydale 500. Allison tucks right in there with him, has a good running machine here this afternoon. He's able to hold a Gant. They've opened up about a six or eight car separation on Neil Bonnet, Terry Labonte, and Lake Speed as they work back to turn two. Bobby Allison looks to be set up to get off the turns a little bit better than Gant, but Gant's pulling him down the straightaways, and they have about a 10-car length now on Neil Bonnet, who runs third. Crowd starting to see some of the cars already creep up out of the immediate racing groove, and a good bit of tire smoke showing this track with a new asphalt sealer, which was applied uh, just prior to the racing event here a week ago, and that begins to show here as the cars get up out of the groove. Darrell Waltrip on the move now, as he'll take eighth spot away from Bill Elliott. A couple of cars touch Labonte and Lake Speed get together as they work back to turn number one. Labonte got sideways, now Speed comes underneath. Waltrip goes way up to the wall off turn number two. He's still making up time on the outside. Here's Lake Speed now running in fourth, being challenged. Speed is sideways! Fire smoke! It's Speed!
lead, sliding through the turn. He's got Bouchard. He's got Elliott and Waltrip up in the turn. There'll be a big pileup right in the middle of turn number four, and Darrell Waltrip's car is heavily damaged. So is Lake Speed. Quite a bit of sheet metal damage on either the entire front end on Ron Bouchard's car is caved in as going into the number three corner. Those two cars got together, spinning out. The rest of the field running at full bore didn't have much time to get on the binders, and that's what we talked about earlier, Ned Jarrett, here at Bristol. Somebody else's trouble can become yours in a hurry. Well, it certainly can, Barney Hall, because you're running so fast and you don't have much reaction time. And if something does happen there, well, boy, you, you're really at the mercy of whatever is going on right uh, in front of you. We're at Darrell Walker's pits now as they're changing the left side tires. There's quite a bit of sheet metal damage to the left side of that car, and it looks like the some of the steering mechanism is fouled up on it, but they're going to work on that Budweiser Chevrolet to try to get him back in the race. Bill Elliott also got quite a bit of front-end damage on his car as they're working on it down on the racetrack right now. Nine laps into the Valleydale 500. Cleanup crew busy up in turn number four after five or six cars get together. Let's go back to Nettie's and Bill Elliott's pit. And there's a lot of work going on here, Eli. They have a Quite a bit of sheet metal damage to the right front on Bill Elliott's course forward, and it looks like there's some damage to the radiator. They're taking a hose loose from it right now. Right behind him is Darrell Waltrip. They're working on the left front of his Lake Speed. has been back in for the second time in the nationwide Pontiac. They doesn't seem to be quite so much damage on it, but he just went a lap down, so now he's backing up pit road. He was going to try to beat the pace car out, but he didn't, so he's uh, backed up pit road. Here comes Terry Labonte and the Piedmont Airlines car with the left rear tire off of the, well, it's completely flat and almost off of the rim, so they'll go to work on that car. Boy, a lot of damage done to several automobiles here in the early going. Again, there's quite a bit of sheet metal damage on Bill Elliott's Coors Ford Thunderbird. It is still sitting on pit road. They're working on it. There was quite a bit of sheet metal damage on Ron Bouchard's car and also on Darrell Waltrip's car. For an update on some situations still on pit road, let's go back to Ned. Well, they got Waltrip back out on the racetrack, Barney. There is quite a bit of damage to the left side. As you mentioned, they are still working on Bill Elliott's car. They have the right front wheel back on it now. And we mentioned a moment ago that Terry Labonte had come in with the left rear tire flat off the Piedmont Airlines Chevrolet. And we're in his pits now, and he's coming back down pit road. Now, the tire rules now are that you can only change two tires during any caution period. He came in, went back out, but he wasn't even staring well under the caution, so he had come back in now. So they are changing those two tires, so he should get that two-lap penalty that is imposed if you change more than two tires. He had already changed the right side tire. They just now changed the left side tire, so he at least has four fresh tires on it, but he'll be two laps down. We are back under green as Harry Gant zips back into turn number one and quickly tries to pull away from Bobby Allison there in the back chute. Harry Gant pulls away. Dale Earnhardt trying to work the outside, which he'd been doing earlier on. He'd been having some trouble up in the banking. Now he works to the high side of Ricky Rudd trying to take over the fifth spot and can't do it. This is one of Earnhardt's favorite racetracks. He says he becomes a part of the race car here, and he drives it extremely well. Won his first race here at Bristol, Tennessee. Earnhardt has worked his way up into sixth position. They're back in turn three. Earnhardt working up behind Ricky Rudd will try again on the high side. Goes up there, smokes the tires. He had that problem before the caution. Perhaps they corrected it on pit road during the caution period. Gant the leader, Bobby Allison second, third is Neil Bonnet with Tim Richmond fourth, Ricky Rudd goes fifth, then Dale Earnhardt sixth, Joe Rutman up to seventh, Jeff Bodine is eighth, with Richard Petty ninth and Rusty Wallace tenth. They're all going single file. Kyle Petty is eleventh right behind Rusty Wallace as your leaders are back into turn number one. Gant with Bobby Allison on his rear deck. Gant and Allison come off the turn. It's about five car lengths back to Neil Bonnet 
on it, followed by Tim Richmond, and right behind them, Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt fighting for fifth and sixth, and Earnhardt goes high again and smokes him another time. Earnhardt seems to be able to run up pretty much anywhere he wants to on a racetrack. If traffic dictates, he can take it to the bottom or he can take it to the top and still run extremely well. The only car that came out really seriously damaged and is still on pit road is that of Bill Elliott. He's losing a lot of valuable time. The other three cars involved are back on the racetrack. Gantz the leader, Allison rides second. They're locked together. About a half a second back now to Neil Bonnet and Tim Richmond. The battle will be for fifth spot as they work into turn number two. That's between Earnhardt and Ricky Rudd. Earnhardt down low on Rudd this time inside the banking. Rudd runs side by side to turn three. Earnhardt will take position, shove Rudd up the banking, but Rudd gives no quarter. Now it'll be Earnhardt. Another problem that Ricky Rudd has is to get back in line before Joe Rutman covers the spot. Rutman working the low side of the racetrack through turn number two, and he again will not let Ricky Rudd back in line. While that battle continues, Ned is still updating us on Bill Elliott's situation. Well, they have the hood down on it now, Eli, and they're sending him back out. So Elliott, I don't have any left down, but it's a number, but he's back in the action. We'll check on Bill Elliott a little bit later and find out how many laps he lost. He lost quite a few. Ron Bouchard in the Valvoline machine is back on pit road, and they're going to have to do some more work on his car. Front end is mangled up on it, but they'll try and keep him out there for as good a finish as he can. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Outstanding racing on the track. Dale Earnhardt and Tim Richmond. Now, these are the two drivers who don't mind letting it all hang out against each other. Whether it's on a short track or a super speedway, they're tangling sheet metal in the backstretch. The battle's for fourth. Richmond on the outside. Earnhardt puts a good little tire rub on the inside of the Richmond cars. They come off the banking. They're trailing. Neil Bonnet, and there goes your leader, Allison, up front. He takes over from Harry Gant coming into turn one. It's Allison leading through turn one, and the battle between Earnhardt and Richmond continues off the turn two banking, and Richmond is not going to let Dale Earnhardt get to the inside. Earnhardt rubs tires again in turn three and four, and they still battle side by side. That's the race everyone is watching right now. Is Dale Earnhardt and Tim Richmond. They are still door to door. They're trying to get up around Neil Bonnet right now. Earnhardt finally gets the spot as Richmond kind of backs off a little bit, sees some traffic ahead and decides to let him go for the moment. They the move. leader is Bobby Allison. Here's Allison out of turn number four as Terry Labonte goes back into the pits, and he's going to lose some more time here at Bristol. Been a frustrating... Go ahead, Ned. He was just given the black flag by the NASCAR official. He had a the crossways up on turn four just a few moments ago. He was not up there running with the leader. And Dale Earnhardt, uh, one of the crew members, I started to say Dale Edmund, had reached inside, but they were making a major chassis adjustment while he was in and kept it off with gas. Now he's back out. He's been fairly competitive all year long, the Winston Cup champion from last year, but they have just not had the momentum in their corner or bad luck or whatever you want to say has kind of plagued them this year. Allison is a leader, and he is getting around the track extremely well. He's pulled away from Harry Gant now by about five car lengths. 
Gant hangs on to the second spot. Third is Dale Earnhardt. Fourth is Tim Richmond. Fifth is Neil Bonnet. Sixth is Joe Rutman. Back in seventh position, that's Jeff Bodine. And Ricky Rudd is eighth as they work to turn four. And it's da- Dale Earnhardt just showed the muscle as he just blew right by Neil Bonnet. And those two guys aren't going to give you any quarters. You know, you got to remember, even though there are just 30 cars starting on this event, it's a half-mile track. The leaders are well into race traffic. Ron Bouchard back across the start-finish line, and he is well off the pace. That car already beaten, battered, and bruised. Bobby Allison with another lap on the board. He leads Harry Gant, who is second. And now Earnhardt closing it up on Gant in third. Earnhardt has been flying since the restart. And he is closing in on Harry Gant quickly. Muscled his way through the previous two cars. Now he's down low in turn four. He's riding up on the bumper of Harry Gant and closing fast. Dale Earnhardt, who gets around this racetrack as well as anyone, sets his sights on the number two spot, takes that Wrangler machine right to the bottom of the racetrack and gets underneath Harry Gant and will move into the number two spot now and go after Bobby Allison. Last year, Bobby Allison came to Bristol, and in both races, he had the cream of the crop in the field. There was no question about that. He had a rear end go out in the car with about 60 laps to go in the spring race last year and lost it here when he had almost a lap on the field. And today, he told us earlier in the week when they were here for practice that he felt like he had the same kind of car underneath him this time and Allison is already showing the muscle on his Miller American machine as he comes out of turn number four now leads Dale Earnhardt by almost a half a straightaway let's go down to Ned Jarrett Marty, let's update the fans on the situation with Terry Labonte we said that it was black flag and the reason was he of course had changed tires during the caution period and they normally hold them in the pits for two laps but the green flag was waving just as they finished that service so he took off and so that was the reason for the black flag that he was coming in ready for that particular penalty Ron Richard is bringing the Valvoline Buick back behind pit wall. We'll get a word with him in just a moment, but there's a lot of sheet metal damage to the front end of that car, and we're right with him now. We'll see if we can get a word. Ron, is there just too much damage to it to run? Well, it looks like we got a broken axe. So they're taking the rear end out. Ron is staying in the Valvoline Buick, but he's losing a lot of time here under the green. Well, the attrition rate, uh, although nobody has yet, with the exception of Ron Bouchard, gone behind the wall. There are two cars sitting up at the bottom of the racetrack in the middle of turns three and four. Tim Richmond has not been able to get his car fired. Neil Bonnet was spinning the wheels down on the grass of the racetrack, trying to get back up onto the surface to get his car down on pit road, has not been able to do so. Richmond is climbing out of his car, and whether either one of these cars will be able to continue is anybody's guess. But things, as we said, happened so quickly here at Bristol as everybody just went skittering up into that wall when Richmond dropped that engine over there in the middle of the corner. Joe Rutman is bringing his Folgers coffee machine on the pit road. The right rear tire is shredded and the rear trunk is caved all the way in almost to the axle of the car. Ned Jarrett is down on pit road and Ned, uh, it's hard to believe that about six of the top cars here have already sustained quite a bit of damage. Barney, it's unbelievable. They're pulling Neil Bonnet's Budweiser Chevrolet by me right now. Neil uh, sort of steering the thing back in there. Their right rear tire is off of the rim and a lot of damage done to the right side. They're now pushing the Folgers coffee machine of Joe Rutman behind the pit wall. And as we look at that car, thank God for the fuel cells that are used today because that back end of that car, especially the lower part of it, is just pushed up to the rear axle. And they're going to try to repair that car. But uh, they've got a lot of work to do. And I'm sure they'll work on Bonnie's car as well. But I can't believe all of the cars that we've seen torn up here so early in the race, of course, we've predicted a very fast, fast pace here. Tim Richmond is walking to us here right now. Of course, the old Milwaukee Pontiac badly damaged as well. Tim, uh, what happened? Ah, uh, we're not real sure. I thought a right rear tire uh, cut down going into three there, but I got out and it was still had air and it. it was still up. But 
There's either a rear end locked up or transmission or something, because as soon as we went to the left, the car just started chattering and then turned around backwards and, and slammed it into the wall. So I really don't know. It was something in the drivetrain, I think, that, that locked it up since I found out the right rear wasn't down. Wild ride. Very wild ride. Yeah, it was. It kind of reminded me of the Dover ride, uh, the last race last year in Dover when we uh, took such a wild ride up there. But uh, luckily, it wasn't. we weren't as fast here. Everything's all right except the car. Well, they're pulling the old Milwaukee Pontiac in now. Of course, he's through for the day. We'll check with some of the other drivers in a moment. Neil Bonnet's car, they're attempting to repair it. So are they working on Joe Rutman's car, hoping to get it back in? And Ron Bouchard is still behind the wall, and they're working feverishly over there trying to get his car back onto the speedway. And let's update Bill Elliott's fans that he is being shown at this point some 12 laps down after the extended stay on pit road after the earlier problems that he had here today. Next weekend, Motor Racing Network will have another double header from the Darlington International Raceway, the Dixie Cup 200. That's the NASCAR Bush Late Model Sportsman series on Saturday. That's one week from today. Airtime will be 10 minutes of 2 Eastern time. Then Sunday, one week from tomorrow, 12.45, MRN will have all the activities of the Trans-South 500. Bush pole qualifying getting the week started on Thursday, then practice and qualifying on Friday. One week later, we're off to Enoch Staley's North Wilkesboro Speedway, the Northwestern Bank 400. That's April the 21st, and the NASCAR Modifieds will be in action the day prior, and we'll close out the month of April back at the Martinsville Speedway for the Sovereign Bank 500. Tickets are available at most of those speedways. Their box offices, ticket offices are open throughout the weekend, so give them a call and make plans for racing activity upcoming in your area. We're under caution at Bristol for the second time this afternoon. 43 laps are complete in the Valleydale 500. Bobby Allison's the leader. Dale Earnhardt rides second. They're posting Sterling Marlin as the third-place car. And fourth is Kenny Schrader, and fifth is Rusty Wallace, the way they're running here this afternoon. Go ahead, Ned. We're walking along beside of Neil Bonnet. Neil looked like you were victim of circumstances. Well, Tim Blue right in front of me. That was unavoidable, but I'm so tired of coming to a Grand National race and have all these ambulances sent in the infield. I busted my tail at Richmond and never seen anybody out there, and I hadn't saw anybody yet. It's getting it's getting old, you know, they're not taking care of it. But if you guys want to watch the race, they're going to have to buy a ticket. Are you okay, though, physically? Well, I'm fixing to go find out. I'm hurting worse than I was at Richmond, but nobody seemed to be concerned. I'm going to see if I can find somebody with an ambulance. Okay, Neil. Hope everything is okay. Neil Bonnet, who took a pretty good shot over there in the corner, working his way down to one of the safety crews down here in turn number one. We're still under caution at Bristol, Tennessee. They're cleaning up the corner over in three and four, and that guardrail took, if you take a look at it from here in the tower, has quite a ripple in it as they really went slamming in there. And as we said, at Bristol, Tennessee, these cars run about 120 miles an hour going into the corner, and for a half-mile track, you don't have time to do anything if things kind of get out of kilter here, so to speak. As Darrell Walters told us the other day, if the car gets a little bit out of shape, you're in deep trouble. Yeah, if, if the car is loose... Uh... You're getting a lot of trouble coming off of both corners here, particularly coming out of turn two back there is a little bump as uh, you exit two and the car really get wild with you right there. Same deal coming off of four, a little bump coming out of four and the car really gets sideways with you there. Uh, and the car that pushes obviously won't stay down low in the groove and around the bottom is the fastest way around the racetrack. So uh, you gotta have a car almost to perfection to really run well and, and, and stay out front all night. Here is Bonnet's car being pulled down pit road here at the Bristol Raceway, and they may still try to work on that car and get him back in here this afternoon. It's quite a bit of sheet metal damage to the left side of that machine. It's going to be a lengthy caution flag. Barney, let me have it back for just a moment. Joe Rutman is about to come out of the Folgers coffee machine. Joe, are they telling you that it might be terminal? I would say, uh, Ned, it is terminal. Tony Glover just said that old Folgers car perked the last little bit. It's going to perk today, but I would think that... Uh, 
the fans are in store for a good race, and hopefully the race will settle down and all this excitement will uh, subside and they'll see some green uh, flag racing. You hit something awfully hard with the back end of this car. I'm sure that was a crash wall. I, uh, I closed my eyes momentarily before the giant impact was coming, and it, when I got in the oil, I knew that uh, there was about four of us heading toward the wall simultaneously. I was hoping one of those would beat me to it because another car is a lot softer than the crash wall. Well, we hope you're okay, though. Yeah, I seem to be. Okay. I guess we're about ready to go racing again, Barney. Pontiac pace car pulling behind the pit wall here on the front straightaway, and on lap 47, they'll put them back under green here in the Valleydale 500. Bobby Allison is the leader in the Miller American machine. Right behind him is Dale Earnhardt. Sterling Marlin is third. Kenny Schrader is fourth as they head for turn one. And Allison will find Earnhardt chasing him down. Dale was trying to catch him before the last caution, and here they come down the back straightaway. Allison in the lead, followed by Earnhardt. Levani is trying to move up through the pack. Schrader still running third, has several cars beating on his bumper. One car still behind pit wall. That's Harry Gant. Skull Bandit being attended to as Bobby Allison leads the pack to turn two. Allison trying to stay away from Earnhardt, and I say Labonte down several laps trying to catch the lead threesome as they hit into turn four. Quite a few of the top drivers now are caught back in heavy traffic back there trying to thread their way back to the front as Bobby Allison takes them back into turn one. Ricky Rudd is far back in the pack. So is Kyle Petty and Richard Petty as they run along together and Jeff Bodine. Trouble in the middle of the front straightaway as J.D. McDuffie's rumpled furniture car goes out of control and slams into the inside retaining wall and caution comes back out of the speedway for the third time this afternoon as McDuffie has come to rest pointing toward the infield area down in turn one and the front of that car is jammed. Let's go down to Ned J. Well, Ned apparently is making his way down there to be right on top of the situation when they get traffic cleared. And J.D. McDuffie has brought out the third caution flag of the afternoon here at Bristol, Tennessee. Remember the last time we were here last August, and it was one of those nights when just everything happened. I think they tore up half the field the last time we were here, and it seems to be continuing here today. Well, what a difference a year makes. Last spring, when we were here for the Valleydale race, they started 30 cars and 26 were running at the finish, losing only four. And today we have seven cars already behind the wall, and we're nowhere near into this race, just 53 laps into the 500. So things are happening in a hurry. Ned Jarrett standing by at Harry Gant's car, the latest to go behind the wall. Well, the Bush pole winner here was Harry Gant. Uh, Gant, looks like you was a victim of circumstances there. Yeah, we're trying to bend the bottom mainframe real bad. The ball joint, they had to change it. So you're going to get back in? Yeah, I think we'll get back in. We'll be able to run that good, but we can get back in and maybe get some points in and finish. Okay, of course, that's the key point in any of these uh, races is getting Winston Cup points. That's the reason they're still down there hammering and beating on Neil Bonnet's car, and they will try possibly to get Bonnet back in here this afternoon also. Double file restart as they're bunching up over in turn three. Bobby Allison and Dale Earnhardt about to uh, begin their battle again, and right behind them is Sterling Marlin and Kenny Schrader. Nice spot for two uh, drivers who don't see or haven't up till now seen a lot of action on the Winston Cup circuit, but Marlin being uh, one of the hometown boys, so to speak, is probably looking to have a good finish, and here they come to the start. We are under green. Bobby Allison is the leader, chasing him back into turn number one, Dale Earnhardt's going to get lost in the shuffle as Terry Labonte sandwiches himself in there. Labonte is several laps down. Now Earnhardt breaks free of traffic as they work to three. Earnhardt underneath. Labonte chases down Allison. Allison still running so well and keeping a low line through the turns. Earnhardt able to run anywhere he wants to and is running now all the way down that straightaway and into the turn to take Allison and try to catch him. He's got two car lengths and running now Walla is Waltrip trying to move up through the pack and get back some badly needed laps. Of the 23 cars on the racetrack, 13 remain on the lead lap. Bobby Allison tried to pull away from Dale Earnhardt, who got lost in traffic there on the restart. But Earnhardt, having now worked his way clear, is back to within a car length of Allison. 
Earnhardt working off the banking. Allison working off just a little bit lower, and he's not able to gain any ground. In fact, Allison appears to be stretching his margin just a bit. Darrell Waltrip is being posted back in about 21st position, and he is several laps behind the leader, but don't count him out here this afternoon. And the way the attrition rate is knocking cars out in the early going, well, he's still got a shot to win this one. Allison is the leader as he works down the back straightaway and up into turn three. Earnhardt rides right along behind him, a couple of car lengths back as the field is getting strung out around the Bristol International Raceway again. The third-place car still being shown as Sterling Marlin. Fourth is Rusty Wallace, and the fifth-place car would be Kenny Schrader. They're off turn two. Kenny Schrader way back in the pack now. Your leader, Allison, coming into turn three. Earnhardt can't gain any ground, and Sterling Marlin is losing some ground now, too, as he goes high into turn four. Shouldn't be so surprised about Kenny Schrader. Here's a guy who has so many laps on racetracks just like this in the state of Indiana, Winchester, Indiana, and a few of the other tracks throughout the Hoosier State. Short tracks with the extremely high banking, and Schrader told us last week before the rainout he feels very much at home here at Bristol, and Junie Donlevy has given him the car that can get the job done. Bobby Allison pulls off to a four-lane lead over Dale Earnhardt. Allison just running so hard now, and Earnhardt, who could run so well earlier on, doesn't seem to have quite the muscle. Is Allison continues to open it up. Waltrip has moved into the third position on the racetrack to gain back some ground just ahead of Terry Labonte. And for the moment, the field is pretty well stringing out around Bristol International Raceway, and with good reason, I'm sure, because the two cautions that took quite a few of the cars out and saw so much sheet metal damage and cars getting destroyed in the early going, they know they have a long ways to race here at Bristol this afternoon, and they don't want to be caught in a tight bunch if something like that happens again right in the middle of the corner where they can get caught up in it. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. We're caught up with Phil Parsons, who is out of the race. Why did you have to park? the scope and I'm not sure Ned I think it cracked a piston I really hated the car was really running well Roger Johnny all the guys did a great job but uh, maybe next time some of the fans here thought that you've been in one of those accidents and maybe had sheet metal and all the smoke that was coming from that car thought you had sheet metal against the tires no it cracked a piston and when it does that it starts blowing oil out the breathers it looked like we must have had a tire rubbing but it was engine oil okay Phil Parsons out of it gotta be a good scramble from about third and fourth and fifth place in that pack of traffic as they work out of turn number four and back down to the line. Sterling Marlin is the third place car. Rusty Wallace rides fourth and they're getting pretty close to a battle shaping up for that spot in a moment. In fact, let's take you back through the field just a little bit right now. The rundown we had just a moment ago from scoring. Allison is the leader. Earnhardt rides second. Sterling Marlin is third. Kenny Strader was posted fourth. Fifth was Rusty Wallace. Sixth was Jimmy Means. Seventh is Jeff Bodine. Eighth position to Eddie Beerswale at that juncture. And ninth was Ricky Rudd. And back in tenth position, Kyle Penn. Petty, 11th was Richard Petty, and 12th spot was Bobby Hillen, and 13th was Dave Marcus, and they were all being shown on the lead lap. As Bobby Allison has it all dialed in here this afternoon, Allison is getting around this racetrack just like he did when we were here last spring and the car was running so well. He's in the middle of the back straightaway. Running well, and now he has at least one lap car, that of Phil Good between him and Dale Earnhardt. He's got a good 12-car length advantage on Earnhardt. Then it's a long ways back to the 95 car being driven by Sterling Marlin, Jeff Bodine challenging him, and then Rusty Wallace and Lake Speed on the track, followed by Ricky Rudd. Then it's Kyle Petty and Richard Petty as they get into the turn. Now here's Bush, uh, rather Nine trying to get underneath the Sterling Marlin, but Marlin shuts the door on him and holds on to his third-place spot. Everybody was wondering about Bobby Allison's team. Diegard rented this racetrack a few days prior to last weekend, and the reports coming out of Bristol was that Bobby was just blistering the racetrack, setting all sorts of records. But sometimes you take that with a grain of salt because when NASCAR is not here to enforce the rules during a testing session, sometimes you'd expect teams to 
well, fudge on the rules just a bit, but evidently the reports about Bobby Allison's success in testing here have not been all that exaggerated because he continues to work his way free of race traffic and leads Dale Earnhardt comfortably as they work 70 laps into the Valleydale 500. But now caution is on the speedway as NASCAR officials are reporting some debris up in that area. So caution just now on the speedway for the fourth time. We are at lap 75 of the 500 laps that make up the Valleydale 500. Hard to believe here already with just 75 laps down. We have already seen four cautions, quite a bit of the drivers. If you joined our broadcast a little late, Harry Gantz, Skull Bandit, who started on the pole this afternoon, is behind pit wall. They're working on that car. Tim Richmond is out of it for the day, being involved in a collision up in turns three and four. Neil Bonnet's car is being worked on also. He was involved in the collision up there a moment ago. Joe Rutman is through for the day. And Ron Bouchard had quite a bit of sheet metal damage on his machine. And those are some of the things that have happened here in the early going this afternoon. And the latest caution came onto the track. Eddie Beerswale spun over there in the middle of turns one and two and apparently dropped some debris on the speedway. And they are over there cleaning up that turn four area. This is the way they came off pit road a moment ago. Good pit work by Dale Earnhardt's Wrangler team. Puts him back onto the racetrack first as they came out of there just a second ago. For an update on some of those stops, let's go down to Ned. Practically everybody has come in during this caution, Barney. And it was a variety of changing of tires. Some changed right side tires, while others changed left side tires. We noticed that Bobby Allison did take on right side tires. So did Darrell Waltrip and the Lake Speed Nationalized team. Uh, Terry Labonte got left side tires, and so did Bobby Hillen and a few others. So it was a variety. Some changed one side, and some changed others. Well, apparently Kyle Petty and Richard Petty elected not to take their machines onto pit road, so they're posting Kyle as the leader and Richard in the number two position right now. Here comes Ron Bouchard. Valvoline machine back onto the speedway minus the hood, the front bumper, and both front fenders as he goes back onto the racetrack. Almost looks like one of the old modified cars as they cut away all that damaged sheet metal and Ron Bouchard will go out and, as he said, try to get as many Winston Cup points as he can here this afternoon. Barney, just prior to the caution, let's uh, go a bit further back of the field and tell everybody how their favorite driver was running. We've talked uh, repeatedly about the front seven or eight. In ninth spot, Dave Marcus was running just prior to the caution. Jimmy Means with 10th. Back to the 11th spot was Ken Schrader. 12th was Bobby Hillen Jr. And prior to his situation, Eddie Bierschwale was running 13th. 14th, the lap down was Don Hume. 15th, also lap down was Terry Labonte. Then Phil Good, followed by the 64 car, Clark Dwyer's automobile. Three laps down, they were showing Ronnie Thomas. And then Darrell Waltrip further behind. Now the update also says that Ron Bouchard is some 53 laps in arrears, but as we've talked earlier, you want to get out there and even run as many laps as you can because those Winston Cup points will be all a factor later in the season. Has to be totally frustrating for Darrell Waltrip and Neil Bonnet. Both came here knowing the success of Junior Johnson's racing machines over the years at the Bristol International Raceway and to have damage to both of those cars almost from the time they dropped the green here this afternoon and be so many laps behind. Bonnet's car is still behind pit wall and they both felt like they had a good shot at winning this race this afternoon and I I don't think that will be the case. Certainly won't be for Neil Bonnet and Darrell Waltrip. That many laps behind would be awfully hard to make it up. We're 80 into the Valleydale 500. Bobby Allison's had a superb run here this afternoon. As Allison feels like this racetrack certainly owes him one. As a matter of fact, both times he came here last year, he had by far the strongest car in the field. But Allison also says this is one of the toughest racetracks to run on, and it's that way for a lot of reasons. Well, all that is is uh, very unique for this racetrack. The physical beating is tough. Uh, the track is very rough on top of being banked so much, and uh, it really works you out. But uh, the other thing that, that uh, is probably 
more pronounced here than any other track we run at is uh, it's very hard to get your breath here. And what I have to do is I have to work on my breathing exercises as I uh, do some uh, warm-up laps and some practice laps in the car. I have to think as much about uh, remembering to breathe properly as I do anything else because uh, once the green flag goes out in a race, if you don't really watch that in about 10 laps, so all of a sudden you got to uh, ease up and take a breath. And Allison talking about the banking here at Bristol, and it puts almost a couple of G's on your body as you go into the corner, and it's hard to take some air in if you're right in the middle of that turn with a lot of pressure on you. And he talks about that, and we'll get his thoughts on that a little bit later this afternoon. They're bunching up for a double-file restart here about the next time around. Indication is one to go from Harold Kinder. One fellow we left out in that rundown we passed along to you a moment ago is Lake Speed. Uh, they are showing him in 17th position uh, a couple of laps down, so didn't want to slight him in the rundown. On the restart, double file, Kyle Petty ahead of Father Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, then Ron, or at least Jeff Bodine's car, followed by Bobby Allison. Those are the front five as they line up in front of Dave Sutherland. And a nice spot for Kyle Petty to be. He's had a pretty good season so far in the... Uh, Wood Brothers Automobile, the 711 Ford, and right now he sits on top with his father behind him, starting his 400th consecutive race, that is Richard Petty, and Earnhardt, who has been hammering away at the field, has a chance, and Allison can show what muscle that Miller American machine has now as he tries to come from fifth and get back to the top. See what Earnhardt tries to do with the two pennies on the front row as Harold Kinder waves the green, and they come a dig into heading for turn one. Kyle gets a good jump on the restart and pulls away by about two or three car lengths. Petty, Richard Petty hangs on to second, Earnhardt's third. They're in the back stretch. Kyle Lee Dale Waltrip trying to pick up a spot, slides in behind him. Then it's Richard Petty, Earnhardt down low on him as Labonte, then Lake Speed and Jeff Bodine. That Kyle Petty marriage with the Wood Brothers has really worked well as Kyle works his way into turn number one. He has the bumper between himself and Richard Petty of Darrell Waltrip. Darrell a number of laps down, some ten in arrears, and he'll try and work his way free if Kyle gives him some openings. But back off turn number four, Kyle Petty still shows the way. Richard Petty is second, third is Dale Earnhardt, fourth will be Jeff Bodine, fifth Bobby Allison in turn two. Waltrip goes high and here comes Richard trying to slide up into second but Waltrip cuts back down low. He wants to get one lap back. He won't do it. Kyle Petty continues to lead. Richard Petty goes second Dale Earnhardt third. Waltrip will just not give up the chase because you can't give up in this business. You can come back from eight or nine laps down. Richard Petty's done it a couple of times in his career and won races. So don't count him out. As Waltrip works on Kyle Petty again down the backstretch. He's underneath him in turn three. He's got him in turn three and he'll slide Kyle Petty up high. Richard getting a lot a bumper thumping behind him from Earnhardt and Labonte trying to go by Earnhardt on the outside. They jam them all up in turn two. As they come off the banking, it'll be Kyle Petty leading Richard second. Then, oh, Earnhardt got loose. He got tapped by Lake Speed, and now he tries to get back into that fourth spot as he runs up behind Richard Petty. Barney Hall, we understand that Kyle has had a strep throat, sore throat this week and was not feeling well at all this morning, and they've already contacted Joe Rutman about the possibility of getting in as relief for him as the race goes on. Ned, as we said a couple of weeks ago at Atlanta, there's no better cure for a race driver, no matter what his ill is, and to get out there and be leading a race or have a competitive car, and apparently that's the case with Kyle Petty. Looks like he's having a good time right now as he takes the field around the high banks here at Bristol, Tennessee. Petty is in front, riding in the number two spot. Dale Earnhardt has just skipped around Richard Petty to drop him back to third, and Bobby Allison gets right in the thick of things. Bobby trying to work the high side, smokes the tires off turn number four, but he'll have to settle back in alongside Lake Speed. And on top of everything else, Barney, we've all been talking here at the racetrack about the emotions the Petties have to be feeling this week. Right now, Dale Earnhardt, he goes by to the inside of Kyle Petty, and Bobby Allison will follow through. Richard Petty also making the move. 
But the Petty family and all of racing lost a friend this week. Horace Fisher, who had driven Richard Petty's tro- tow truck and pulled his race car all around the country for a great number of years, passed away this week. And our sympathies go out to all the Petties and, of course, the many friends that he had in stock car racing. Barney, while uh, we're talking about the Petties, we have Patty Petty here, who is the wife of Kyle. And, of course, she was all smiles when he was out front there a moment ago. But we understand that he has been ailing this week, Patty. Yes, he's, he's had the flu and a bad cold, and about 5.30 this morning we had to go to the emergency center, and he had strep throat, and when he got in the car, his temperature was about 103 and a half. So he's not up to par, but he's running up to par. Well, he certainly is, and that has to be a thrill for you to see him running up there. It, it is a thrill, and thanks to the Wood Brothers, we're able to run up front even when he's sick. Okay, he's dropped back a little bit now, but still in the hunt. They are very pleased with young Kyle Petty, and we'll have a chance to talk about the association between these two legends in racing, the Petties and the Woods, as the afternoon goes by. At Bristol, Tennessee right now, Dale Earnhardt's the leader. Bobby Allison tries to chase him down. He's a half a car length back. Jeff Bodine being posted third. Fourth is Richard Petty, and in fifth position is Kyle Petty. Good battle for the lead going on between Dale Earnhardt and Bobby Allison as they hammer away on each other. Allison down to the inside of the Wrangler machine as they go into turn one. They scrape sheet metal again. That's the battle for the lead up the backstretch. Allison a little sideways down low, but he's running side by side with Earnhardt now into the turn three banking. They rub paint up into turn three. It's Allison working the low side of the racetrack. Throws a nose in front, but Earnhardt working off the banking comes battling right back. He's got the lead again. Allison trying to reassume it off turn two. Allison tries, and they've got Jeff Bodine right there with him now, who seems to be running third. It's Allison a nose ahead into turn three. Allison and Earnhardt with two lap cars ahead of him, the Labati car and the car of Don Hume, and it's still the Earnhardt. Allison really hung it out out of turn number four that time, got it out of shape a few degrees, and it's going to cost him a, about a half a car length as he drops back behind Earnhardt and that battle for the lead stabilizes for the moment. Talking about Kyle Petty a moment ago in the 7-11 car of the Wood Brothers, he led quite a few laps of this thing on that restart, but he has fallen way back in the field right now, and Ned, he was so loose over in turn number one and two a moment ago, almost spun the car out. He did almost uh, spin it out, Barney. He, when you get on the high side of the racetrack when some of the other cars was passing him, he really seemed to have trouble up there, and I think he got into turn one a little bit hard that one time. The car doesn't seem to be handling as well now as it was a little bit earlier, and when he got into that turn too hard, she almost got away from him. Well, that's a whole new program for both Kyle Petty and the Wood Brothers, but as we said, they are very happy with this young driver and have high hopes of a good future together. As they work back around on lap 107, the leader is Dale Earnhardt in the Wrangler machine. About three car lengths behind is Bobby Allison. Half a car length back of him in third spot is Jeff Bodine. Moving up into the fourth position, Richard Petty still having a pretty good run here this afternoon. This has never been one of Richard Petty's best short tracks. He's had a few victories here, but he's also had more disappointments than anything else at this particular track. Field is strung out all the way around the Bristol International Raceway. Sun shining brightly, but it's a cool day. Actually, it's a perfect day for running here at the racetrack. Neil Bonnet apparently has gone back onto the racetrack in his battered Budweiser machine. He'll try to pile up as many Winston Cup points as he can. He certainly intends to win the championship this year. That was a goal of the team. They said if they could, but Darrell Waltrip has the same hopes. Barney, you're talking about the Budweiser cars and Darrell Waltrip. He appears to be the fastest car on the racetrack right now. When the green was re-shown again, he passed uh, Kyle Petty, who was leading the race at that time, and right now is about to. In fact, he just did pass Kyle Petty again and has pulled away from Earnhardt and the others that are actually leading the race. And then we were about to update the fact that timing and scoring after a revision of the scorecard is showing Waltrip two laps down. I believe we had mentioned earlier he was some eight or nine laps in arrears. He is officially two laps down and, as you say, is one of the fastest cars on the racetrack. Dale Earnhardt back across the line, leading Bobby Allison now by some 
Allison, three car lengths. Jeff Bodine, two behind Allison. Earnhardt gets away around uh, Terry Labonte and now puts Labonte between himself and Allison. Allison's going to have to work a little bit more to make up the ground. Bodine may have a chance to slide inside now, too. They're posting Neil Bonnet is 73 laps behind the leader, Dale Earnhardt. 113 are on the board here at Bristol, Tennessee. Crowd has been jumping up and down all afternoon, watching excitement in the corners, the spin-outs, the blown engines, and the outstanding racing that we've seen since they put them under green earlier today. We're at the Bristol International Raceway. Perfect race weather here this afternoon as Bobby Allison and Dale Earnhardt have been thrilling the crowd last few times around. These are two drivers that won't give you an inch on a racetrack. Earnhardt's not a bit bashful about giving you what they call the chrome horn or the bumper. If he needs to get a little extra room on the racetrack, neither is Bobby Allison for that matter because Allison also is another driver who won't give you an inch. He doesn't ask for anything, but he'll take everything you can get in the corners. They're back in turn two. Earnhardt gets away. Allison goes underneath the Jimmy Means car now and starts to track down Earnhardt. Earnhardt has about five car lengths on him and he works around Kenny Schrader now on the high side in turn three and four. So as they work off turn number four, it's still Earnhardt just working his way through. Jeff Bodine gamely hanging in third spot behind Bobby Allison. Another guy we haven't talked all that much of as Earnhardt smokes the tires off turn two is Sterling Marlin. Marlin right now in seventh spot as he continues to work his way through race traffic. He's been caught in traffic a few times, and that, I've got to believe, is one of the reasons he's not worked his way towards the point. He's had trouble getting off the corner and picking up a spot, whereas Earnhardt, Allison, and for that matter, Bodine, have been able to make their moves off the turns and their cars hooked up well. 117 laps complete of the 500 that make up the Valleydale 500. It's only the third trip, I think, to Bristol, Tennessee for young Sterling Marlin, so he is really having an outstanding run just to be able to stay in the lead lap here this afternoon. 118 are on the board. After that last round of pit stops, they're set to go racing a while. If you joined our broadcast a little bit late, we can update you. We had a caution on lap number eight early this afternoon involving Ron Bouchard, Lake Speed, Darrell Waltrip, and Bill Elliott, and there was sheet metal damage on quite a few of those cars. They spent a lot of time behind the wall. On lap number 36, they put them back under green. Joe Rutman, Neil Bonnet, and... Tim Richmond is tangled going into turn number three over there, putting Richmond out of the race, and also Joe Rutman's car went behind the wall at that juncture. The fourth caution of the day came just a few laps ago when there was some debris on the track when Eddie Beerswale spun down in turns one and two. And the third caution, we didn't mention J.D. McDuffie, spun out coming out of turn number four here in the front straightaway, and his car has also gone out of the race for the afternoon. 120 laps are down at Bristol, Tennessee, as Dale Earnhardt leads Bobby Allison and Jeff Bodine back into turn one. Earnhardt going low through the turns. Allison went way up to the top of the turn and came back down around Kyle Petty, who has now had a lap put on him by your leader, Earnhardt. And Jeff Bodine continues to run third. Then it's back nearly a half a lap to the next car in line, which is now Ricky Rudd. With the characteristics of this track being what they are, a short track with super speedway type turns, Neil Bonnet says you pretty well have to drive this place like a super speedway. Yeah, the thing is, uh, to the point right now, the speeds we're running this racetrack, we're almost running quarter-mile speeds on a half-mile racetrack. When you look at that stopwatch and it says 17, right at 17 seconds flat around a place this big, you're flat going around the thing. You know, we run some of the quarter-miles I race on, and when we're not running Grand National, we run that time on a quarter-mile racetrack. So there's no doubt we're dealing with a lot of speed here. These cars at 3,700 pounds. We're using this thing up. So, uh, you know, when we line up to start the race, there's many good cars we got. Now, people wonder the last race here how we had so many bent-up race cars. I can't help but think we're going to have it again. You know, you put the quality cars, the speed that's involved there, we're going to have some damaged race cars when it's over. 
Back at Bristol, Tennessee, something happened to Bobby Allison's Miller Time machine going into turn number two, and it took a right turn, went right straight up into the guardrail, and has done quite a bit of damage to the front end of Bobby Allison's car, and we are under caution here again at Bristol, Tennessee. Let's go down to Pitt Road and Ned Jarrett. Well, everybody coming into the pits taking advantage of this caution. Earnhardt is in getting left side tires on the Wrangler machine. We're standing in the Wood Brothers pits where Kyle Petty is in in the 7-Eleven Ford. We had just asked Leonard Wood, since he had dropped off of the pace from the time that he was leading the race, if he had a problem besides being uh, sick. And he said yes, that it appeared that they had lost a cylinder. They were just running on seven cylinders, but he's going to try to ride it out. So that's the story on Kyle Petty. As everybody dives in and out of the pits, Rusty Wallace gets some good pit work, goes back onto the racetrack. Jeff Bodine did not pit that lap around. Now he's bringing the Levi Garrett car onto pit road. Darrell Waltrip will come back in for a second pit stop along with Ron Bouchard and Bobby Hillen as they're pitting all the way around the racetrack. Allison's car is being attended to in the back pits as they are taking a look at his machine over there, Eli Gold. You have the field glasses. How bad is the damage? It's uh, The damage is there, but he has stopped in... Phil Parsons pit. Eli he said something to Phil, and Phil is now running to his car. He has just gotten the steering wheel out of his own car and is now taking it back to Bobby Allison. These are, of course, removable steering wheels. They are attached to the column by a pin. The reason is that the steering wheel could be removed in the instance of having to get a driver out of a car or something along those lines. Well, he stopped in Phil Parsons' pit and said, hey, lend me your steering wheel. Phil ran to car 17, got it, gave it back to Bobby Allison, and Bobby is now stopped at the exit to the back pit area, and Dave Sutherland is watching, as we all are, as Bobby now rejoins the action and is heading around towards his own pit area. Well, he stopped there, and they got the tire. He, he had to make his mandatory stop at the end of the pit road. Of course, the fans may be aware that there are two pit roads here at, at Bristol, one in the front stretch and one in the back stretch. Allison now drives around to your side of the racetrack and uh, has his crew. Actually, the sheet metal damage did not look that bad, and the glasses from here probably needs to be pulled away from the right front tire, but that's about it. Perhaps we'll find out from Ned what the real story is. Well, they are working on the right front. Gary Nelson with a big uh, sledgehammer in there beating the sheet metal away. There's no damage at all to the left side. They do have the right side jacked up, of course, and are changing those tires, filling it up with gasoline while they make those repairs. But everything seems to be well. Bobby is testing that steering wheel as he was sitting there, and he gets his service and gets back out into the action. We'll see if we can get a word with uh, Gary Nelson or the fellows here. They'll probably bring him back in. I believe they are going to bring him back in the next time, so we'll have to wait a moment. Apparently, Bobby Allison will lose three laps. That's a word we get from timing and scoring. And Morris Metcalf down there says that he lost about three laps. So Allison has a lot of work cut out for him. Had one of the best handling cars here this afternoon. As they're bunching up for a restart, Field gets the indication. One lap, and they'll go back to green. As the pace car takes him down into turn number one, the leader is Dale Earnhardt. Rusty Wallace is stuck right in behind him in the number two spot. Up to third now be Ricky Rudd. And fourth will be Richard Petty. And fifth will be Jeff Bodine as they're about set to go back to green flag racing as they work to Dave Sutherland over in turn three. Well, they've got quite a jam right now as the cars begin to get themselves sorted out. The uh, cars in the lead lap to the outside, of course, and then leading the line of cars on the inside row is Neil Bonnet, who, despite being behind about 73 laps, is uh, running very strong. Right behind him is Lake Speed to take up that inside row, but it'll be Earnhardt, Wallace, and Rudd as they get to green. Dave Marcus is being posted as the fifth-place car, still on the lead lap, and Neil Bonnet gets slammed out of the way by Lake Speed as they come out of the corner. Lake just ran into the rear of it. The Budweiser 
pulverizer machine and sticks him right in the inside pit wall again, and it's not Neil Bonnet's day here at Bristol, Tennessee, as Harold Kinder puts the yellow flag back onto the field, and this will be the sixth one of the afternoon as Neil Bonnet's car is jammed into the inside pit wall, doing even more sheet metal damage to it on that restart. Extensive right front sheet metal damage to Neil Bonnet's Budweiser machine, and he's just got to be sitting there and wondering whether it's paid to get into the Chevrolet today or just should have stayed home in bed. Everybody back on pit road, service continuing. Those who took left side tires before are now taking right sides. And, Ned, you're watching Neil, at least, at least uh, Bobby Allison, I guess the hood has gone back up on that car. He came back in, Eli, just before the green flag came out, and they have been working on that right front. Apparently it knocked the front end out of alignment. They've been making an adjustment on that. Now they're putting the hood back down. They're changing left side tires now, putting new tires on it. Lake Speed and Daryl Walter both did come in and get left side tires. They took on rights the time before. Kyle Petty going back out after getting service. Now Bobby Allison go back into the action, but he lost another couple or three laps during that uh, little encounter. Well, you just feel like crying for Neil Bonnet here this afternoon because everything bad that can happen has happened to the Budweiser machine, and he came here with such high hopes. They started off the season like a blaze of fire at Daytona, ran real good at Richmond, went down to Rockingham and won their first race of 1985 down there to get the team off on the right track. But today is one of those days he should, as they say, stood in bed. Working 141 laps of the 500 that will make up the Valleydale race here this afternoon, and we've seen everything in this one. The wrecker is pushing Neil Bonnet's Budweiser machine, and it is a crumpled one. Back behind the pit wall for the second time this afternoon. As a moment ago on that restart, they came flying out of turn number four, and he and Lake Speed got together and did a number coming down the corner, and it put Neil out of shape, and he slammed into the inside pit wall, and it may be the end of the day for Neil Bonnet. I understand that Lake Speed has been called to pit road for a word of consultation, possibly for maybe a little rough driving on the racetrack, then we'll check on that a little bit further this afternoon. At Barney Hall, uh, Bobby Allison has pulled the Miller American Quaker State Buick back behind uh, pit wall. They worked on the car out on pit road. Bobby, was the damage too much that they couldn't repair it out there? I can't hear you, Ned. Say it again. Okay, I asked about the damage. Was it too much? But also, what happened over there? Uh, the steering wheel broke. Uh, it was one of the old Ford steering wheels, and uh, I guess... Uh, I guess they aren't good enough. It broke and uh, came off on me. I didn't have anything but the shaft sticking out. Boy, that had to be a weird feeling. Uh, it was pretty bad. I grabbed a hold of the nub, and the uh, power steering enabled me to at least control it a little bit, but uh, I'd hate to have to go more than a half a lap. Boy, I'll tell you, that was something. So they have pulled the car behind the wall, and they're going to try to repair it. Bobby is staying in the car, hoping to get him back in. That would scare you half to death to take a race car in a corner at 120 miles an hour and have the steering wheel break and nothing to turn it by except the steering shaft sticking up through there as Bobby Allison hopes to get back in here this afternoon. 143 laps on the board. They're set to go back to green and more racing. And what's going to happen next? <laughs> we'll find out. As the Valleydale 500 goes back under green, Rusty Wallace is the leader. Dale Earnhardt is second. The third-place car should be Jeff Bodine as they head back for turn number one and two. Al Wallace takes the Alugard car to the lead, and right behind him now is the Coors Ford for Elliott. Between him and Earnhardt, who goes second, Earnhardt trying to get Elliott out of the way, can't do it. Running third right now is Jeff Bodine. Rusty Wallace is a former winner here at Bristol. Granted, not in these cars, but in his all-pro ASA car, he's got probably as many laps on this racetrack as do some of the other drivers. Rusty Wallace leads. Dale Earnhardt will dispense with the race traffic of Bill Elliott and move into a tight spot for second. Harry Gant has taken a skull bandit back onto the racetrack. He lost a great number of laps, but is still out there trying to pick up some 
Winston Cup points. Going to be a battle for the lead. A little be a dandy in just a moment as Dale Earnhardt will tackle Rusty Wallace over in turn three. Earnhardt tackles Wallace's rear bumper, looks to the inside, tries to slide down low. Wallace closes the margin as they come down to the start-finish line, and they still have Bill Elliott trailing, although Elliott's well off the pace. Here's Earnhardt again. He looks low to the inside of Wallace. It'll take him down to the inside. They trade paint off turn two and run door handle to door handle down the back straightaway into turn three, and Earnhardt will rescue the lead away from Wallace. Fans are getting their nickels worth at Bristol this Trouble afternoon. Trouble in turn Trouble three. We've got Dave three. Marcus sliding and spinning, going through turn three and four, down low and out of everybody's way. The field slides by without any damage being done. Dave Marcus brings out the seventh caution of the afternoon, and we've just completed 148 laps. Marcus spins down to the bottom of the racetrack as they'll race back to the start-finish line as caution is on the speedway for the seventh time this afternoon. And Darrell Waltrip gets one of his laps back, Barney Hall. So did Bill Elliott, but Earnhardt had slowed off of the pace, I guess not knowing what might be in front of him up there in turn four. Waltrip just stood on it and beat him back to the start-finish line. Now we got Rusty Wallace coming down the pit road on the backstretch. Your, your second-place car coming in, it looks like, for tires. Let's see what they do. They go to the left side for left-side tires for Wallace. Dave Marcus's car is still sitting on the apron of the racetrack up in turn number four as the seventh caution of the day, and we'll see just about everybody diving back on the pit road. Here is Jeff Bodine, and he is taking the Levi Garrett car behind the wall, and Ned Jarrett will make his way up there and find out the problem on Bodine's car. He had been one of the strongest machines here all afternoon, but now they have taken it behind the wall. Whether he's going to be out for the day or whether it's a problem they can cure, we'll find out. Harry Gant is also on pit road as Earnhardt leads the field here at Bristol, Tennessee. You know, this race a year ago for all 500 laps, there were only four caution flags. This one now is in caution flag number seven Dave Marcus who has come to a stop on the front straightaway and he had himself a fine run he was pointed into the fifth spot having worked his way past both Sterling Marlin and Ricky Rudd on the most recent restart Ned Jarrett is on pit road with Jeff Bodine Jeff is at the rear gear yeah Ned we, we just lost the rear end uh, we're going to try to change it and get back out there Okay, Jeff is still sitting in the car as they jack it up and start taking the wheels off and taking the rear end out. So here's another one that'll have a tough chance at winning this race today. So the attrition is really working on the field here at Bristol this afternoon. Quite a bit of it from accidents on the racetrack and quite a bit of it just old plain mechanical failure. Harry Gant is being shown as 101 laps down as he again presents himself on pit road. Set to go racing again here at Bristol, Tennessee. On lap 154, they'll put him back under green. Double file restart. Earnhardt's the leader. Richard Petty is right up there in second spot. Ricky Rudd rides third, fourth. Good run for Sterling Marlin. And Buddy Baker comes up on the scoreboard in fifth position in the Bullfrog Knits car. They're ready to go back racing. Pontiac safety car behind the pit wall. Harold Kinder waves the green, and Earnhardt takes him back into turn one. On that restart, he's one of the best. Already has opened up at least three car links on Richard Petty off turn two. Earnhardt uses Terry Labonte as a pick another time and pulls away. Petty sitting in the second spot, then Lake Speed down a lap or so. Behind him, Ricky Rudd, then Darrell Waltrip and Sterling Marlin. Further back, cars bumping and banging. Everybody having a private battle as Jimmy Means, Ron Bouchard, and Eddie Beerschwale work their way through traffic. Now as Richard Petty is being challenged from the rear flank, that allows Dale Earnhardt to pull off by some eight-car lengths. Ned Jarrett is on pit road. We're over in the area where they're working on Neil Barnett's car, and it looks like it's been in about three demolition derbies. Neil, do you get the feeling that you wish you just stayed in bed this morning? I tell you, Ned, I don't know what, what's going on, but the gear came out of the car. I guess in that wreck, it bent the rear end house, and I was running to strip the rear gears out. Is that what happened to call speed that hit you there on the restart? Yeah, on the restart, when I shifted gears, it stripped the ring and pinion out. Nothing like speed could do. He hit me in the rear. He couldn't help it. 
Okay, Neil Bein is still sitting in the car as they work on about all four corners of this thing. So that takes a little heat off Lake Speed. It's hard to tell when on a restart when everybody's coming up through the gearbox and somebody does have a mechanical problem and the car slows instantly. You're running so close you have no time to do anything and a lot of times you'll see a driver just slam into someone and it's really difficult to tell if it was deliberate or if he did have a problem, particularly if the car that gets hit goes into the wall and you don't know if something broke on the car. So Neil Bonnet speaking in defense of Lake Speed here this afternoon and says Lake did nothing wrong. He did the only thing he could do and that's just tag the back of the machine. 159 laps are complete at Bristol, Tennessee. Dale Earnhardt leads this race as he works around. Ricky Rudd is second. Rudd having his problems. The car has already fallen back by a good two seconds. Richard Petty still being posted as third and fourth is Sterling Marlin. As just about all the fans who were here last weekend looks like they might have picked up another couple of thousand to jam the front grandstand and the back stands are almost completely filled here to make it one of the better crowds at Bristol to watch the Valleydale 500. 164 laps on the board. They're watching Dale Earnhardt take the Wrangler car around this racetrack like he owns it. He's driving it kind of like it's reminiscent of how Darrell Waltrip has been able to get around the speedway in recent years. Now, Waltrip continues to work his way back to the front. He was down a couple of laps. He has picked up one of those and is still just a lap or so behind. Has plenty of time to make it up. Don't count him out here at Bristol, Tennessee. This is his cup of tea. Waltrip at the last rundown was being posted somewhere around 12th position, about a lap and a half behind. Earnhardt is the leader. Riding second is Ricky Rudd. The third place car now is Buddy Baker. And in fourth is Richard Petty. And in fifth position, that's Sterling Marlin. Richard Petty having a bit of problem getting through the corners now. That allowed Buddy Baker to get by him. Petty being forced to take a bit of a higher line than he would like. He does it again right now through one and two. And Bill Elliott will pass him on the low side of the racetrack. Elliott, of course, a number of laps down. But nonetheless, it indicates the fact that Petty not running as well through the corners as he was just a few laps ago. But that story is far from the same for Earnhardt. He's running a very good lap, Dave Sutherland. He doesn't seem to be varying much at all in front of you. He's running a very strong lap. He's taken it just about a half a groove above the uh, the white line at the bottom of the banking, right to the wall on the straightaways, and then down low, he's running lower than most are and getting through very nicely and continues to open up his margin on the second-place car of Ricky Rudd and the car of Darrell Walter. Walt had been closing on him. Uh, now he's not closing as well. He's caught in some traffic as, uh, to boot, and at two seconds, he was behind Earnhardt, maybe back to about three now. With more than 330 laps left in this race, anything can happen here at Bristol, as we've seen in the early going. The multi-car pileups eliminated a lot of chances of some of the top contenders and moved some of the drivers that normally don't run right to the front to be able to run in the front of the pack. We're 170 into the Valleydale 500. Earnhardt works his way around the racetrack. Buddy Baker smokes those tires and the Bullfrog Nits and Liquid Wrench Oldsmobile out of turn number four. Now, Baker is not particularly a short track driver. He is very proud of his win up at Martinsville Speedway, and he's won on a couple of short tracks. But he knew this year putting together his own race team would not be easy, and he didn't expect to run that strong in the beginning of the season. It didn't start out that way. You know, we went to Daytona and had pretty good luck there. And the uh, past couple of races, we've had extremely bad luck. But, you know, if you look around, there's a lot of other good racing teams right now experiencing the same trouble. And... I guess the biggest thing that I understand, I've had a lot of trouble through my career as far as uh, teams getting together, and when we did get together, we really ran well, so I 
know that it's a matter of time before we put everything together and we are a serious threat in every race we go to. Baker says he's willing to just ride off the first half of the season if necessary to learn Booby Harrington and the crew what they like to put in a race car and also for the crew to learn what he likes in a race car. But so far he hasn't made that bad of a showing. And you know, you stop and look at it, Buddy Baker's car might be one of the only ones that is not marked up here today. And after problems on the first lap at Rockingham and problems on the first lap at Atlanta. It's rather gratifying to see Buddy Baker now up into the third spot in car number 88. Ned Jarrett still patrolling pit road. What you got there in the Budweiser pit, Ned? Well, as we look up off of turn four, we see Dave Marcus just almost coming to a stop there, but he does have his car down on the inside. But we were checking with Jeff Hamlin, the crew chief on Darrell Walker's car. Jeff, you lost three laps in that little encounter earlier. You gained back two of them. Apparently, there was not too much damage done to the chassis of the car. Well, Ned, it's kind of hard to hear you down here right now, so I believe you were asking me about whether, how we were doing as far as gaining back the three laps we lost early in the race. Well, right now, the car seems to be working pretty good. Daryl's driving as hard as he possibly can to try to get back up to the Earnhardt, but we feel like we're going to be able to get that lap back. It will be a serious threat here before the end of the day. Uh, it's been a real tough day so far as a lot of good cars went by the wayside because of accidents attrition, so uh, we hope that we can just hang in there and survive this thing. Definitely today, the man who survives is going what he's going to win. Barney, I think that's the key word. As Marcus coasts all the way around the track now, he's down on pit road here and going behind the wall. Hey, Marcus having his problems. He was posted his two laps down a moment ago. He's lost a couple more in just limping around the racetrack. They're showing Bobby Allison's Miller machine coming down in turn two. A lot of smoke from behind Darrell Waltrip's cars. He went into turn number one. The car does a complete loop. Buddy Baker just does avoid him as the banks here so extreme self-cleaning the car just came off the banking baker did a heck of a piece of driving to the inside groove to avoid darrell waltrip and we'll have to wait and see exactly what the problem was it was one of those deals you looked up and there was a lot of smoke from behind the car whether the car had broken loose and that was tire smoke or just an engine that expired we'll have to get an update in just a moment but caution is on the speedway at lap number 180 it is the eighth caution flag of the day Darrell Waltrip has his car back under control, and he's on the crossover lane in the pit area, heading back towards the Budweiser pit. Ned Jarrett is there. Well, they just crawled out of this uh, Chevrolet looking under the hood. Darrell with the engine. The engine blew up. You really had her going again after having that problem early in the race. Well, everything was going all right. It didn't hurt it too bad when I got in that first wreck, knocked the fenders off of it, but... Uh... Not been a very good week for the Waltrip family, and uh, this is just a little bit more agony, I guess. But uh, the Lord is almighty, and he has a plan, I'm sure. Well, Daryl, I'm sure that some of the fans listening in won't know about the other uh, tough luck that the Waltrip family has had. Uh, of course, that was with uh, Stevie having a miscarriage. Yeah, that's right, Ned. Well, we're sorry about that, and certainly uh, sorry to see him out of the race. He put on a show while he was there. Waltrip is that kind of a driver, and he'll be back at Darlington next week for the running of the Trans-South 500, and it just seems ironic that the team can have such a successful year as he did when he first went with Junior Johnson, won his national championship, the Winston Cup title, and then all of a sudden you have a year kind of like they've had this year when nothing goes right, but that's part of this business. The ups and downs, you just live with it and do the best you can. Caution is still on the speedway here at Bristol, Tennessee, 183 laps, and it looks like we'll take another lap around before we go back to green. 
pace car behind the pit wall, Dale Earnhardt. Again, comes up through the gearbox quick, gets a good jump on the restart. He's been able to do it every time and pull the field by four or five car lengths before they get off turn two. Caught uh, Rusty Wallace napping, and both Ron Bouchard and Bill Elliott, the slower cars, get by him. And here's Jeff Bodine trying to get underneath Wallace and get some laps back as well. And all of that gives your leader, Dale Earnhardt, a chance to pull away. And he now has about a five or perhaps even a 12-car length lead on the second-place car of Rusty Wallace as they come off the second turn. Earnhardt just keeps opening it up more and more and pulling away more. Buddy Baker moving into third now as they hit the banking in turn three. Big advantage for Dale Earnhardt on those restarts because a lot of the lap cars are right up there in that inside line and quickly tuck in behind him even though they're 8, 10, and 12 laps down. Ron Bouchard almost spun his car going into the corner, straightens it back, but that lap traffic is a big factor for Richard Petty and Rusty Wallace and Buddy Baker as they try to catch up to the leader, Dale Earnhardt. Here's Ironhead, as we call him, across the start-finish line, taking the field back into turn number one. It is now, what's the separation back to the second place? 1.45 seconds from first place, Dale Earnhardt back to what had been second place Rusty Wallace, but Buddy Baker with some good driving in close quarters just goes around Wallace to take over second spot, so Buddy Baker is now second, Rusty Wallace third, back to the fourth place car, Sterling Marlin fifth is Richard Petty. Earnhardt continues to lead off the second turn, and Baker... Trouble on turn number two as end of the wall is Terry Labotti and Kenny Schrader as they slam together going up in the corner. No place to go for either car. They both get a piece of the wall, but keep the car in a straight line. No caution is on the speedway as they are out of traffic and coming out around the racetrack. Schrader very slowly limping out of turn four. Kenny Schrader has blown a tire in that confrontation, so he was going to come around and be attended to by Judy Donlevy and the crew. Tough break. Schrader was running up as high as fifth place earlier in the afternoon. And now caution is on the speedway as reports are that that tangle between Schrader and Labonte putting down a couple of pieces of sheet metal on the speedway. And while cautions today seem to be a dime a dozen, this will be the 10th of the afternoon. Of course, the, the overall factor is the safety considerations. Folks sitting in the grandstand or listening in wonder what a little piece of debris can mean. Well, with these slick tires being as thin as they are and very much a, a safety factor here, Caution period continues. Ron Bouchard on pit road. Dale Earnhardt was just in, and Ned Jarrett is in his pit. We're standing by with Richard Childress, who's talking to Dale on the radio right now. Richard, is everything okay? Well, he's been running without power steering since about 50 laps. You know, other than that, he said he said he don't think he can go all day, you know, but we'll just have to wait and see. He's pretty tough. You had checked into the possibility of Walter perhaps getting in the car in case he can't? Yeah, I just talked to him a while ago. He said he'd come up here. Doesn't seem to be hand, uh, affecting the handling of the car, though. No, it, the car's still handling pretty good. It just is that, you know, it, it's hard on him having to drive it without power. It's really harder than manual steering when you lose uh, the power steering. Well, it is. If you fans have ever had uh, the engine just to die when you're coasting along and try to turn that steering wheel, it is tough to do. So you can imagine what Dale Earnhardt's going through out there right now. So they have checked with Darrell Waltrip about the possibility of getting in that car because Dale don't think he might be able to go the full distance. 207 laps are down. We're set to go back to green here this time by with Rusty Wallace being posted as the leader. Richard Petty rides second. Ricky Rudd is third. Bobby Hillen's fourth. And fifth is Dale Earnhardt. And there are 22 cars still out there running, although quite a few of them look like they've been in a war or somebody fired a rocket into them. They're ready to get at it again. Harold Kinder waves the green, and young Rusty Wallace takes him off down into turn number one in the Alugard car. He gets a good jump on the restart this time and pulls Richard Petty by a couple of car lengths off turn two. Wallace uses Jeff Bodine as 
as a pick. Petty goes to the third position on the racetrack. Kyle right inside of it, and Ricky Rudd running in the third spot on the track. Bobby Hillen Jr. and Dale Earnhardt recovering after resting his arms, running without power. Steering now will try to work his way out of the fifth spot, but it still continues to be Rusty Wallace at the point. Bedine at his bumper. Richard Petty trying to find a way around to move up into the second spot on the racetrack. Hey, Richard Petty hasn't run that bad all afternoon, despite the fact that a lot of the top cars have had problems. Petty has been turning in strong laps since they put him under green this afternoon, and he has not been too far from the front of the pack in the STP Pontiac. Don't count him out. As we said earlier, it's not his favorite racetrack and not been his best, but he's having a good run here today. Earnhardt has fallen back a little bit after that restart. Now he gathers it back in and starts working his way toward the front of the pack. It is Rusty Wallace in front. Petty rides second. Ricky Rudd is third. Fourth is Earnhardt. Fifth is Bobby Hill and Jr. as they work off turn two and in the middle of the backstretch. Rusty Wallace continues to stay on top. He's got a nice, tight five-car train right there behind him. He's keeping a low line through the turns and staying in front. And they all stay single file. It's interesting just thinking here of the top ten cars, Barney. You've got two veterans or true veterans of a number of years and eight youngsters. You've got Kyle Petty, Bill Elliott, then the youngster Bobby Hillen. Only among those two are Richard Petty and Harry Gant. But now Kyle Petty well off the pace in the 7-11 Ford. He had a problem going into turn number two and he's coming back towards Pitt Road and he'll be checking in with Leonard and Glenn Wood and the rest of the crew there. So problems for Kyle Petty as Rusty Wallace continues to lead the Valley 500. He's getting a lot of pressure from Jeff Bodine, and Bodine, who is well off the pace, is not giving him any quarter at all and runs right on his bumper, pressures him going into the turns each time, so Wallace may be having a little trouble getting in, but he doesn't seem that much trouble getting off. Now here's a break. Bodine goes high. Petty can't take advantage and come underneath, and Wallace continues to lead with the Bodine car between him and second place Petty and third place Ricky Rudd. It was a flat tire on the Kyle Petty 7-11 forward. He has that change now, and he's back out in the running. Kyle Petty back on the speedway. Uh, we were about to say a moment ago when we told you that a lot of the lap cars had anywhere from 2 to 10 to 12 to 30 and 40 laps behind. Once they made repairs on them, we're back out there running very strong, and they're trying to pile up all the Winston Cup points they can, and if they can gain a position, they can't afford to give the leaders any ground at all here this afternoon, and whoever's been able to get into the lead and have some of the lap cars directly behind them, that has been a break for the leader to take a little heat off as the second, third, and fourth place cars have to fight their way around those lap cars to get up to the leader. Earnhardt getting around this racetrack, and he is not a bit bashful about taking that car around and watching Earnhardt run. The report we had a moment ago when Ned talked to Richard Childress about the power steering being out, he is really doing a job of manhandling that car. He, of course, one of the stronger drivers on the circuit, and he works inside of Ricky Rudd as they battle through turn number one. That's the battle for fourth, or at least for third position now, as Earnhardt takes it over, and he'll move Ricky Rudd back to the fourth spot. Why don't we run everything down just a bit here as the front-running order seems to stabilize for a bit. Behind Rusty Wallace, Richard Petty, Ricky Rudd, and Dale Earnhardt swapping up third and fourth. Bobby Hillen is now fifth, Buddy Baker sixth, and the last car in the lead lap is Sterling Marlin. He's seventh. A lap down in eighth spot all alone is Kyle Petty. A couple of laps down in ninth is Ken Schrader. Tenth is Terry Labonte. Eleventh, Lake Speed. And twelfth will be car 52 for Jimmy Meads. Thirteenth, three laps down is Don Hume. And also Trouble in turn number one. Sterling Marlin is out of control and is slammed into the wall and sheared about half the rear end off his car, backs it down to the apron of the racetrack, and we are under caution number 11 here at Bristol, Tennessee. Sterling Marlin, whose shop is just across the road here from the Bristol International Raceway, getting out of shape, going into the number one corner, and did he put a dent in that guardrail? And when you look at the rear end of the car, you can see why. Let's go down to Pit Road and Ned Jarrett. Barney, he went way in the air when he hit the wall. I don't know if the engine let go or what happened when he went into that turn, but boy, he 
did, as you said, slap the guardrail. Of course, this is a three-strand guardrail here at the Bristol International Speedway, and at the speed they go into the turns, it takes something to hold these 3,700-pound cars. Of course, he slid down to the inside of the racetrack, out of the way of traffic, but a lot of debris all over the racetrack and smoke coming from it. As the Pontiac Trans Am safety car gets behind the pit wall, and I don't blame them the way they've been racing here this afternoon, Harold Kinder waves the green, and again, Dale Earnhardt sets sail off into turn number one. Ricky Rudd goes after him. Ricky Rudd trying to get to the outside of Bill Elliott. Can't do it. Elliott slides up into the second spot on the racetrack behind Earnhardt, and Earnhardt opens up a margin quickly as he races off into turn three, takes a low line off the banking. Dale Earnhardt showing the way. Rusty Wallace battling inside of Bobby Hillen for fifth spot. That's the battle on the track now. Wallace getting position off the corner, but Hillen has the guns going into turn number one and just grabs that spot right back. Wallace doesn't... Uh, Wallace didn't seem to be able to run down low as much as he wants to. He got kind of loose in turn three and four the last time. He's down low this time and tries to get underneath and can't do it. If you joined our broadcast late, Darrell Waltrip and Neil Bonnet are out of it here this afternoon, both involved in crashes at the Speedway. Neil Bonnet got tagged about three or four different times this afternoon to put him out. Darrell Waltrip apparently lost an engine going down into the corner and slammed into the wall and had some problems. As they work back out of turn number two, Bonnet's car is back out there. And the last report we had, we'll try to get another one. He was 73 laps laps behind. So Bonnet will just try to pile up as many Winston Cup points as he can here this afternoon. Here's Earnhardt back in turn number four. Has a margin now back to the second spot of about six or eight car lengths on Ricky Rudd. Trying to work his way up through the field is Buddy Baker, who's having one of his best runs on a short track in a long time as the field works out of turn two. Earnhardt still leading. He's got Bill Elliott glued to his bottom and they're pulling away from Ricky Rudd. Then back to Buddy Baker. Baker's got a, a full turn before he'll catch up to the leader. Baker's situation, though, is trying to stay low on the racetrack in turn number two. The car has been drifting a bit high in that corner, and Richard Petty the last couple of times by tried to make a move beneath him. Can't do it, and Baker this time smokes the tires off the turn. So with Dale Earnhardt continuing to lead, he has some eight car lanes on Ricky Rudd in second. Rudd better than a second and a half, nearly two seconds, back to Buddy Baker in third. Off the turn again, Earnhardt leading, and he's still rocketing away. The rest of the field behind him begins to look like a conglomeration of vehicles from Road Warrior. They're so badly torn up. But right now, Earnhardt's uh, lack of power steering seems to be his only problem as he has no trouble staying up in front of the field. He and Elliott pulling away now. Ricky Rudd running second with Neil Bonnet behind him. And then Bobby Allison down several laps all by himself. And finally back at the other end of the straightaway, it's Buddy Baker. Dale Earnhardt is one of the drivers who would certainly be in better physical shape than some of the guys who've been around a long time. Earnhardt works out, and that is very much a part of his schedule every week to stay in great physical shape because he knows how important it is, particularly as the warm summer months approach in one of these race cars. You have to sit out there for three to four hours at some of the tracks with temperatures better than 120 to 30 degrees inside the car. You'd better be in good physical shape. Earnhardt continues to stretch his lead over young Ricky Rudd. Bill Elliott, for you fans who are wondering about him, he had some problems, lost quite a few laps here early this afternoon. They repaired the car. He's back out there and running as strong as Dale Earnhardt is. In fact, he's riding right along with him about a half a car length back and has been able to stick in there, but it would be very difficult for Bill Elliott to win it, but he needs as many Winston Cup points as he can get also. Ricky Rudd now, perhaps a second behind the leader as they work to turn three. Ricky Rudd trying to stay ahead of the Neil Bonnet car. A couple of times Elliott has tried to take the inside on Dale Earnhardt and pick up a lap, but hasn't had very much success, at least not up till now. And now Earnhardt has put a car length on Elliott. Rudd, though, appears to be gaining a little bit of ground. He's getting a better line through the turns and slowly closing in on Dale Earnhardt. 
Richard Petty running back and forth. Spot has now for the moment let Buddy Baker go in third position. Baker leading Richard Petty by a two car lanes. And what Petty is concerned about is not letting traffic behind him get past, although he's not battling for position with Jeff Bodine or Kyle Petty. They certainly could muddy the picture just ahead of Richard as he works off turn number two. Richard now has Bodine go to the inside and then shuts the door on him, but not before a little tiny piece of uh, tape is stripped off the rear bumper, and Petty continues to hold his position. Richard Petty running well here at Bristol. 241 laps on the board in nine laps. We'll be halfway home in the Valleydale 500 here. The weather continues to be just very beautiful outside. A lot of sunshine here today, but it's cool in the mid-50s, and there's been quite a breeze. It seems to have settled down a bit. Now it was gusting up to about 35 miles an hour when they started the race this afternoon. Separation between first and second for the leader, Dale Earnhardt, and Ricky Rudd now is 2.6 seconds as Earnhardt keeps that Wrangler Chevrolet wound out here at the high banks of Bristol. When he's catching traffic, he seems to be able to pass anywhere he wants to on this racetrack, but when he's running by himself, he sticks it right down in that low groove. That's the quick way around, but when he runs up on some lap cars, he can take it up in the high lane and still keep some good lap speeds as the leader heads up to turn three. And Earnhardt's still looking very strong in spite of that uh, power steering problem. His arms are probably going to feel like they want to fall off after he gets out of the car this afternoon, but his margin on Ricky Rudd continues to open up, and your third-place car, Buddy Baker, is more than the straightaway behind. Now we're getting some lap times on these cars. One guy who's getting around here in a hurry, but just is not a factor because of earlier problems is Ron Bouchard. He's gotten by Rusty Wallace. He blew past Bobby Hillen before, and he's running right up there with the pace that's being set by the leaders, but because of the problems he had early in the event, he's a large number of laps down, but for a man who I guess deserves an award for persevering here today, Ron Bouchard's getting around in pretty good shape. Well, you know, Eli finished third here last year in one of the events, and he uh, doesn't do too badly. This is very similar to the kind of racetrack he cut his teeth on. Uh, the high bank 5.8 mile at Thompson and the half mile at Stafford back in New England. 252 laps are on the board here at Bristol, Tennessee. We've just passed the halfway mark. We are two laps past the halfway, as a matter of fact. And I had my doubts there for a while that we were going to make the halfway mark the way we'd had cautions and cars being torn up here earlier this afternoon. We've had 11 caution flags already in the event here at Bristol. Let's set the field for you. Earnhardt is the leader. Ricky Rudd rides second. Third is Buddy Baker. Fourth is Richard Petty. Fifth is Rusty Wallace. And sixth is Bobby Hillen. And those six cars are being posted on the lead lap. One lap behind, riding seventh. Correct me, two laps behind in seventh position is Terry Labonte in the Piedmont Airlines car. In eighth spot is Lake Speed. Riding ninth, Kyle Petty. And in tenth position, good run for Jimmy Means as he shows up in the top ten. We are 262 laps complete here in Bristol, Tennessee. The lead continues to be held by Dale Earn. Back at Bristol, Tennessee, 266 laps go on the board here in the Valleydale 500. And we've been able to run quite a few laps under green since they put them back here a while ago after caution number 11 came out of the speedway when Sterling Marlin apparently broke something going down into turn number one and banged the guardrail that put his car out of the race. Darrell Waltrip has parked his machine for the day. So has Joe Rutman, Phil Parsons, Dave Marcus, and Sterling Marlin are some of the cars that are out of the event. Bring you up to date on how they're running around the racetrack at lap 267. The leader is still Dale Earnhardt. Ricky Rudd rides second, but Ricky is falling back a bit. And the Motorcraft Ford of Bud Moore, they're not getting around the racetrack quite as well as Dale Earnhardt is in the corner. And that's probably costing him a little time. He is about four seconds behind now, riding second. Buddy Baker still having a good run in the Bullfrog Nitz car. He is posted third. Fourth is Richard Petty. And Petty is about... 
three quarters of a lap behind. And in fifth position is Rusty Wallace. That's the way they're running the top five here at Bristol, Tennessee. Bobby Hillen's being posted in sixth position, and that's the last car on the lead lap. Quite a bit of smoke out of Rusty Wallace's car, and he just barely kept it out of the wall as he came off turn number four. Looked like it got a little high with him up there, and he almost put it in the wall, gets it back in a straight line as he heads down the back stretch. He's going to lose a lap, though, to your leader because right to the inside of him now is Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt's already dispensed with Bobby Hill in the sixth-place car. He pushes Wallace high in the turn, takes away the fifth-place car, and now there are only four cars left on the lead lap. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. For the Western Cup point leader, Jeff Bodine is behind the wall. Is it the rear gearing again, Jeff? Yeah, it's the rear end again. What's happening? Uh, the seal in the front of the rear end that holds the grease in is, is coming out. Of course, then the grease comes out, and then it burns the rear end up. So we're we're going to put one of Tim Richmond's rear ends in there, and it has a different front cover on it, a different seal. It should be okay. Okay, of course, he'll lose another uh, 20 or so left while they do that. Boy, it is a frustrating day for a lot of the NASCAR drivers here at Bristol, Tennessee this afternoon. Neil Bonnet is out there just limping around this racetrack trying to finish and accumulate as many points as he can after being involved in at least three altercations here this afternoon. Bonnet is many, many laps behind. His teammate, Darrell Waltrip, who has been the winningest driver at Bristol in recent years, crashed going into turns one and two and apparently an engine or something let go in the car and it is parked behind the pit wall and he is through for the day. Here's how it's running so far. Two 185 laps into the event. The leader is Dale Earnhardt with Ricky Rudd second, Buddy Baker third, Richard Petty fourth. Those are the only cars on the lead lap. Fifth, a lap down is Rusty Wallace, and sixth, also a lap down, Bobby Hillen Jr. Seventh, a couple of laps down is Terry Labonte, joined eighth spot by Lake Speed, and ninth, Kyle Petty. They're all two laps down. Three laps down in tenth spot is Jimmy Means. Five laps down in eleventh is Ken Schrader. Also five down in twelfth is Ronnie Thomas. Six laps back, 13th spot is Don Hume, and Eddie Beerswale is in 14th. Seven laps down and 15th spot is Clark Dwyer, and then 10 or more laps down and 16th Bill Elliott, 17th is Bobby Allison, 18th spot is Jeff Bodine, but as we've just mentioned, he is again behind the wall. 19th is Ron Bouchard, 20th Harry Gant, and 21st Neil Bonnet. Those are the 21 cars of the 30 starters who remain on the speedway here at Bristol, 280 eight laps complete. Well, this is the most we've run under green. About 63 laps have now been completed under green here this afternoon. That last caution flag came out on lap 221 when Sterling Marlin hit the wall down in turn number one. Field pretty well strung out around Bristol International Raceway this afternoon as Dale Earnhardt, who likes this racetrack as much as any we run, it's been a special track for Earnhardt over the years. As we said, he won one of his first races here, and Jake Elder, I think, was the crew chief on the car at that time. Good morning, uh... Coming here with the Grand National car to the first year running Grand National full, full year. First time I've been here with a Grand National car and won a race. So, you know, you really feel good about a place like this. I enjoy running up here. It seems like I can't wait to get back up here and uh, get going. And uh, uh, the luck we've been having this year, being bad luck as, as much as we've had, uh, you know, I feel like this is a place that could turn around. Uh, I enjoy racing up here, and the car usually works pretty good up here. So uh, we're looking forward to a real good race. Ned, you and I were talking, I guess, in Atlanta or somewhere in recent weeks about Dale Earnhardt. You drove against his father, Ralph Earnhardt, I think, or you watched him race back in the early days. He is pretty much like his dad was. He doesn't ask you for a whole lot on a racetrack, and he, as we said, he's not a bit bashful about using that race car or whatever it takes to win a race, but he is a race driver. There's absolutely no doubt about that. No question about it, Barney. He's a, what you would say if there is such a thing, a natural-born race driver. And, yes, I did race against Ralph Earnhardt. In fact, when I was running in the sports 
Richmond division in the uh, mid-50s, he was absolutely the man that you had to beat, Ralph Earnhardt was. Now, he ran Grand National, of course, in the early 60s. He drove for Cotton Owens very successfully for a year or so. But uh, he got started, I'd say, a little bit late in Grand National racing. But he was some kind of a competitor. And he, like Dale, he wouldn't give you an inch. And, and uh, you know, he didn't expect too much from you either. So you just got out there good, hard-nosed racing. That's all that he knew. And Dale apparently picked right up. Earnhardt's doing a number on the field here this afternoon. If you joined our broadcast, 295 laps. Trouble in turn number two. Ronnie Thomas getting together with Buddy Baker. In comes Richard Petty, and he barely does T-bone Ronnie Thomas. No consequence with that Petty involvement, but caution is out for the 12th time here at Bristol. And as Dale Earnhardt goes by Richard Petty, that would likely put Petty a lap down here. And back to the line. Caution on the speedway at lap number 296 as three cars get together. Buddy Baker, Ronnie Thomas, and Richard Petty, although it appears that all three cars will be able to continue. We're set to go green flag racing again. As they come sailing out of the corner, they're posting Ricky Rudd as a leader. Right ahead of him is Rusty Wallace, who will try to get himself away and get back in the thick of things. But Ricky Rudd takes him back into turn number one. Dale Earnhardt's right behind him in second spot. And right in front of them is Rusty Wallace. Wallace now leading the field with Bill Elliott down low and Ricky Rudd going to the outside. Then Earnhardt running on fourth position in the racetrack. So trying to muscle his way back towards the point. Dale Earnhardt going about it very deliberately. But it's Ricky Rudd who makes an assault on the lead as he'll try the high side of Rusty Wallace. No go there. Now it goes to the inside. Wallace out near the wall. Rusty will not hold position, or will he? Here's Ricky Rudd down to the inside. Trouble out of turn number four. Harry Gant is out of control in the skull bandit again and slams into the inside retaining wall here at Bristol, Tennessee to bring out the 13th caution flag of the day. Gant came out of the corner. The car seemed to break loose, skid to the outside. He corrected it, and then it went straight across the racetrack and inside and hit the cement wall that separates pit road from the racetrack. Gant is sitting in the car, has it fired, and is waiting for traffic to clear, and he'll come on around the speedway. And what a day. And if I'm not mistaken, this will make it a record for caution flag at this particular racetrack, this being the 13th caution flag here in Bristol, Tennessee, although upon consultation of the record book, there was an event on the Winston Cup Tour years ago where they had 17 caution flags, and that remains the overall record, but this now the most for an event here at Bristol. Pace car about to pull onto pit road. Let's get at it again. Ricky Rudd is the leader. Right behind him now is Earnhardt, and Dale comes up through that gearbox about as quick as he does this time, but he's going to get shuffled back at least a couple of car lengths as they race off into turn number one, Dale Earnhardt chasing Ricky Rudd. Rudd got a good jump. Rusty Wallace did not get a good jump trying to get his lap back, and he's falling back on the inside. Earnhardt goes second. Terry Labonte sits third on the racetrack. Then it's Wallace, Bobby Allison, and Lake Speed, and still a ways back through the pack before our third-place car, Buddy Baker, shows up. Clark Dwyer has to take his car onto the back pits as they made that restart. Now well, he's Bar- coming back onto the racetrack. Go ahead. Well, Barney, he came in, but the uh, gas man went across the wall with the can of gas, but he slipped and fell, so Clark just took off on out, so uh, I guess he figured he didn't need any gas. And actually, the reason they brought him in originally was a stop-and-go penalty. He had jumped the restart, and Bill Gasway said to bring him in on the black flag. They, as you say, Ned, tried to take advantage of uh, the stop for a little bit of quick service, but that, too, was a problem that wasn't able to be handled. But right now, we've got a battle heating up for the lead as Ricky Rudd shows the way. Dale Earnhardt is right behind him, hounding into the corner, and here again comes Jeff Bodine. Credit to that team. There are a number of laps down. They're coming back to the war. Into the turn three goes 
your leaders, Rudd and Earnhardt, they've gone by Clark Dwyer, and they're watching Terry Labonte chase them down. But right now, what had been a comfortable lead for Ricky Rudd turns out to be a dogfight. Here's Earnhardt on his rear bumper off turn number two. Rudd takes up a little room down the middle of the straightaway, then cuts down low to get into turns three and four. Earnhardt has to hit the binders to get a car straightened away, and it's still Rudd on top. Earnhardt trying to get back into the lead of the Wrangler machine as he chases the motorcraft Ford of Bud Moore's driver, Ricky Rudd. They're both very smooth young drivers who have come along in recent years. Although Earnhardt will manhandle a car to death now, remember he does not have the power steering unit working on his car as he taps Ricky just ever so lightly in the corner, coming off turn number four, giving him a good run for that lead and that's the battle the fans are watching as they take it back to turn two. A little psychological tap gets Ricky to thinking and now Ricky tries to pull it away, gets a half a car length as they dive into turn three and Earnhardt's right back there to dog him. As the battle for the lead continues, those front two cars, Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt, as they work into the corner, let's get an interval. They've got just about two and a quarter seconds on Buddy Baker, who's in third. Baker working around the slower car of Bobby Allison, and Buddy caught back up in a good bit of traffic. A lap down, still Rusty Wallace in fourth, and Bobby Hillen Jr. in fifth spot, running a very consistent race as the leaders work back again into turn number one. Earnhardt still trailing Rudd, trying to see whether he can get by him or not. He may be just sitting back there letting Rudd do all the work up front, clearing away traffic. They both can run a very low line through the turn, so they're getting through quickly and opening up a margin on the rest of the field. Ricky's had some good runs this year, but the momentum also has not been with his team, and he told me here when we were here last weekend that he feels like they can win. They just need a little luck. Well, we could use some. I think, you know, so far this year we've, we've finished uh, two out of four races. The other two, two races we finished in the top five. The other, other two we blew up in, so... I think the car's been competitive when we run. Uh, our goals from last year were to, to you know, have more horsepower in the motor and to be a little more competitive. So far this year, we, we've pretty much been able to do that, and I think if we can consistently run in the top five, then you're going to win races. It's hard to say, go out and say, I'm going to win every race. But if you can go out and consistently place in the top five, you're going to win your share of races, and that's what we're looking to do. Well, I think there's an indication going on on the racetrack right now. Earnhardt has been within... Well, a couple of inches of him, even closer, as he tapped him a moment ago up in turn number four. He's chased him for about eight or nine laps now, and it rides a couple of car lengths back. And knowing Dale Earnhardt, if he could take the lead away, he would have done it by now. So that gives you an indication that Ricky Rudd has one of the strong cars in the field also. As a couple of car lengths separate Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt. 330 laps are on the board. 337 laps on the board, and the field is as strung out as we have seen it here at this juncture of the race this afternoon. So it'll give us a moment to set the field for you for the top five, for that matter. It is still Ricky Rudd in front by a comfortable margin over Dale Earnhardt. Oh, on the backstretch, Rudd has some problems getting around Eddie Bershwale, and it's Earnhardt to the outside. Earnhardt got the groove and took him. Now they come off the fourth turn, racing to the start-finish line. Earnhardt outside lane. Ricky's going to be down to the inside, but Dale will get the measure of him as they hit turn number one. Rudd comes right back down to the bottom of the racetrack trying to get himself back up there, but he's going to find, for the moment, he's going to have to settle for second position and chase Dale Earnhardt around this racetrack. Some very heady driving by Dale Earnhardt, and that is why we said he is indeed a natural-born race driver. He's well aware of where everyone's at on this racetrack. What he oh, here they come again. Ricky Rudd down to the inside, trying to get inside the Quark Dwyer car, and Earnhardt stayed on the outside. Rudd just having an awful time with lap traffic. 
So 340 laps into the event, Ricky Rudd now settling into the second spot behind Dale Earnhardt. Jeff Bodine, who shows some 84 laps down, he's in 18th position, coming back on a pit road this time for additional service. One guy we've been watching today running a consistent race, he's in sixth spot, and that's Terry Labonte, a couple of laps down to the race leader, Dale Earnhardt. You wonder what kind of an approach Labonte and the team take to the 1985 season. As the defending Winston Cup champions, is there extra pressure on them or not? That was the question Mike Joy put to Terry Labonte last week. You know, I, I think the pressure, I don't think there's as much pressure on us now as there was last year. Uh, really, if you look back right now to where we were last year, we're in just as good a shape as we were at this time last year. Maybe better because we've already won a pole position. Uh, we've had a couple of races that we didn't finish as good in this year, but uh, you know, we still ran well in some of them, so I don't know. Things, uh, things don't look too bad for us. Terry Labonte is another team that has it all together. He has one of the best crew chiefs in the business in the form of Dale Inman and some great people working in that race team. They proved their winning effort last year by winning the Winston Cup championship, but the momentum just has not seemed to get cranking for them in 1985, although he's been a factor to win almost every place they've been. 345 laps go up on the board here at Bristol, Tennessee, with 155 to go. The leader is Dale Earnhardt, and Earnhardt is driving without the power steering unit. Ned, there's been an awful lot of talk about that, and there's two schools of thought on the power steering. There are quite a few of the car owners like Junior Johnson and Bud Moore and some of the driver, some of the former drivers like that who would like to see power steering outlawed in NASCAR, and they, their reason for it is they say you cannot really get a feel of what's going on in the car like you can when you don't have power steering, and he cited, well, Junior Johnson cited an example of that up at Richmond and down also at Rockingham, North Carolina, when his driver at Richmond, Neil Bonnet, hit the wall up there. They had a tire going down, and Junior says when you go in the corner with the power steering and a tire is going down, it just feels like the car might be pushing a little bit, and as it continues to go down, the driver just seems to think, well, it's got a little more push in it, and all of a sudden it goes down, and bam, you're in the wall. The same thing he indicated happened to Bill Elliott down at Rockingham, North Carolina, and he says he just feels like the, the driver would have a better shot of saving a race car without power steering, but the other school of thought is a lot of the drivers like Bobby Allison or Richard Petty and some of the drivers who are getting on in the twilight of their career enjoy the power steering because it doesn't give them quite the physical load on the race car that they've had, so... Well, it's interesting to see what they will do in that. Well, it is, Barney. There's, there's arguments on both sides. Certainly, uh, Junior has a good point, but we heard Bobby Allison say that uh, had he not had power steering today when his steering wheel broke, that he didn't think that he would have been able to continue at all, even though he lost a lot of laps in uh, getting repairs made. But it does help you to get out of some situations, and perhaps uh, in other situations it doesn't. Uh, it maybe hinders you. I never drove a race car with power steering in it, so I really don't have a, a feel as to what the differences are. But we do know one thing for sure, that it is something else that can go wrong on a race car, and you try to minimize uh, the things that can go wrong as much as you possibly can. You look under the hood of a race car, and uh, it is much simpler than you look under the hood of your own passenger car where you have the power brakes, the power steering, the air conditioning, and uh, catalytic converters and all those kind of things that just fills the hood up. Uh, so you try to keep it where there's not too many things on there that can go wrong. But apparently most of them feels that it is an advantage 
because you can do things with the settings of the front end, not only help to make the car steer easier, but also to help it make cut, make it cut better in the corners. So I think that we are seeing power steering here to stay in race cars. I got a feeling we are too, because Junior also pointed out, he said as far as a front steer race car, he said there probably was not a driver out there today who could really drive a front steer race car without power steering. 354 laps are on the board here at Bristol, Tennessee, the Valleydale 500. A few clouds are drifting in and a little overcast over the track from time to time. It's been a cool one all day long. Actually, it's been ideal as far as the drivers in those cars. The track has remained fairly cool. We've had quite a bit of problems with a lot of the top contenders here. As 355 laps go up on the board, Dale Earnhardt is still the leader. He is pulled away from Ricky Rudd by only a couple of car lengths. As for the moment, Ricky has just resigned to his fate to just ride back there. No point and overexerting himself with the car with still that much distance left to go in this race. Buddy Baker is third, fourth is Rusty Wallace, and fifth is Bobby Hillen Jr. Hope you can join us Tuesday evening, NASCAR Live on Motor Racing Network. We'll be on the air at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, and the phone number is 1-800-2-NASCAR. It means it's an absolutely toll-free call from wherever you'd like to join us across the country. We'll have a racing guest joining us every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, NASCAR Live, right here. Oh, trouble in the turns. We've got Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt just clipped Kenny Schrader trying to get around him into turn three, got loose, and Ricky Rudd slid underneath. Earnhardt's gathered it back and still runs second. Tell you what, that's a, that definitely a, a candidate for the timeliest move of the race award is saving that race car. Dale Earnhardt had it more than 30 degrees out of shape, completely pointed down toward the infield, and straightens that car up and hangs in there and only loses a couple of car lengths to Ricky Rudd. 362 laps on the board. New leader as Ricky Rudd assumes command of the Valleydale 500. From the Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. We're in Bristol, Tennessee for the running of the Valleydale 500. 365, make that 367 laps are complete in this one here this afternoon. And the race has seen a little bit of everything. Let's set the field for you quickly, and then we'll talk about the Winston Cup points for just a moment. The leader is Ricky Rudd. Dale Earnhardt rides second. Buddy Baker's third. Those three cars are still on the lead lap. One lap down, riding fourth right now is Rusty Wallace. Two laps down in fifth position is Bobby Hillen, Jr., when we came into the event here today at the Valleydale 500, Jeff Bodine was leading the Winston Cup points battle for the national driving title. Neil Bonnet was just 30 points behind in the second position. Now, both those cars have had problems here today, and Bonnet will finish far back in the field. Jeff Bodine also has been behind the wall anywhere from 50 to 70 laps or so, so he's going to be lose quite a bit of points here today. And Terry Labonte was 45 points off first place. He's still out there running, but he also... Uh, we'll pick up some points here today. He's being posted right now up in the fifth position as he has just moved up a notch. Darrell Waltrip was 52 points out of first place coming into the race today and fourth starting here. But Waltrip has parked it for the day after blowing an engine or having mechanical problems going into turn one and stuffing the Budweiser car into the wall. He has been out of the race for quite a while here this afternoon. So he's going to lose an awful lot of Winston Cup points. Now, Bill Elliott also was 75 points out of first place. He'll pick up some because he's still out there running, but also several laps behind. Dale Earnhardt was sixth coming into the race today. Harry Gant was seventh, and Lake Speed was eighth. So the Winston Cup point standings will change drastically again when we leave Bristol, Tennessee, and head for Darlington, South Carolina next weekend. Two big events of racing coming up at Darlington next week. The Dixie Cup 200 for the late model sportsman cars is scheduled for next Saturday afternoon. And on Sunday, the Grand National drivers get on the track that they all would rather probably conquer than any speedway on the circuit. There's just something very special about winning at Darlington, South Carolina. 500 miles there is much 
Pretty much the same, very reminiscent of running here at Bristol, Tennessee. The drivers will tell you if there's a key to winning down there, it is being able to survive all day long. I remember talking to Ned, and Ned, I'm sure you remember the conversation we first met years ago. Uh, you singled out your victory at Darlington almost right on the same plane as winning the championships. Yes, I, I think because of the tradition there, Eli, and the fact that that still remains one of the toughest tracks on the circuit, if you can beat it on a given day, it gives you such a great feeling of accomplishment, and I happened to be that fortunate in 1965, and it still ranks right up there with anything else that I did in auto racing. Certainly, as far as uh, wins are concerned, it, it was the uh, victory that stands out most uh, over all the others, and it, it, it's just hard to describe the feeling that it gives you because if, if you just take the checkered flag and are able to get it first, it's just a great feeling because uh, you know that you've that you've uh, had a good day, you stayed out of trouble, and uh, that's hard to do on that racetrack as it is on this one right here. So every driver does want to win there. 382 laps are down here at Bristol, Tennessee. Ricky Rudd leading the rest of the field as he just comes off turn four and moves around Bobby Hillen's automobile to put him another lap down. Dale Earnhardt still hangs on to second. Dale's lost another 10 or 15 car lengths. He's about a second and a half behind Ricky Rudd now. In third spot, they're still posting Buddy Baker, and Baker has been able to keep his car on the lead lap, and that's quite a credit to Buddy Baker here because, as we said, Baker will be the first to tell you that he's not one of the best short track drivers to come along, although he likes to run on the short tracks. He's done a heck of a job. He and Robert Harrington, his crew chief, with a brand-new team in 1985 to come here and keep himself in contention to win with the accidents and everything else we've had today. Buddy has done a heck of a job, although with Ricky Rudd now turning up the pace just a bit, Ricky is only 1.72 seconds away from putting Buddy Baker a lap down. But in light of the way this day has gone, you're 100% correct that Buddy Baker is deserving of a call. Running in the fourth spot is Rusty Wallace. He is now two laps down, as is Terry Labonte in fifth spot, also a couple of laps down. And Bobby Hillen Jr., as you just mentioned, was passed again by the race leader. So Bobby Hillen now going to to three laps down in six spot. 390 laps are complete here at Bristol, Tennessee. 110 away from the conclusion. The top three cars still Ricky Rudd along with Dale Earnhardt and Buddy Baker running two laps down all alone at this point is Rusty Wallace in fourth. Fifth is Terry Labonte. We have two cars getting together on the back stretch. Lake Speed and Bill Elliott. And through this haze and the smoke coming through is Richard Petty and the rest of the field. But Bill Elliott, Lake Speed, and now Ricky Rudd finally working his way through along with Buddy Baker as they race back to the line. And Lake Speed will get one of his laps back. But all of a sudden, in the middle of the back stretch, a couple of cars getting together to bring out, yes, another caution. Our 14th of the afternoon on lap number 392. Bill Elliott pulling away. Lake Speed has already left the scene. But we are yet again under caution. Some of the cars pitted under this caution. Some didn't. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Most of them did, Barney. Some of them came in the first uh, lap after the caution came out. The others came in the next time around. Earnhardt and Rudd, of course, both taking on right side tires. And uh, the cars pitting on the back stretch uh, came in as well. And many of those that are many laps down also came in. In fact, Harry Gant lost an additional lap during uh, this caution while they worked on the left rear of that car. Here comes Bobby Hillen Jr. down pit road in the car number eight. This should be the last pit stop that they'll have to make, assuming that there are no more caution flags. 
Well, that's going to be a big assumption, as many as we've had already. 14 here this afternoon, but let's hope they can run it green the rest of the way. 396 are on the board at Bristol, Tennessee. Harold Kinder has just given the field the indication to double up for a restart here as they'll go back to green next time by. Field is forming up in front of Dave Sutherland. Well, Ricky Rudd still sitting in front of Dale Earnhardt. They now have Terry Labonte in the third spot on the racetrack, then Richard Petty in Lake Speed, and uh, one driver that's been doing very well, Ron Bouchard, despite he's so far off the pace, has been running a pretty good race. Here comes the green and here comes Ricky Rudd. Just two cars on the lead lap, Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt. Last run down from scoring. And Rudd gets a good restart this time and again puts himself in front of Dale Earnhardt. He's going to have to work his way around Rusty Wallace. He's going to lose a little more ground to Rudd in the backstretch. Rudd runs to turn three. Earnhardt gets around Wallace just barely. And then that's Terry Labonte running in the fourth spot. Ricky Rudd is going to have a bumper full of Dale Earnhardt very shortly. Into the turn, it's Rudd leading and Earnhardt closing to about a car length. It looks like Earnhardt has rested his arms enough so he may be able to close in on Ricky a little bit more as they tighten it up in turn three. Now those two cars, the only ones on the lead lap as they work off turn number four. Back in one lap down is now Buddy Baker. Also a lap down, or rather a couple of laps down at this point, Lake Speed and the Rusty Wallace car. The leaders having worked their way pretty much clear of race traffic. They're closing in on Neil Bonnet who occupies the low side of the racetrack and back to the line. That is 400 laps on the board. 100 remain in what has been a wild Valleydale 500. The leader is on the backstretch. The leader, Ricky Rudd, ahead of Dale Earnhardt, holds a two-car length margin. Terry Labonte takes up the third spot on the racetrack with Rusty Wallace behind them. And then Buddy Baker, your third-place car, is beginning to break free of race traffic and start to run down the leaders. But he's about a straightaway behind Ricky Rudd, who is now leading the way. Earnhardt has closed to right inside his left rear quarter panel as they run down the backstretch. Earnhardt will try to put a move on here low in the turn. Can he get underneath in turn four? Dale Earnhardt takes a look under there. He'll pick his time this time because he knows there's no traffic in front of him for the moment. He has all the time in the world to set up Ricky Rudd. He's under him out of turn number two. He's inside. It's Earnhardt and Rudd. Rudd has the high side. Earnhardt has position in turn three. He'll cut it low. Rudd goes high. Earnhardt's down inside. Their door handle to door handle. Door to door, nose to nose. They come back to the line. It'll be Ricky Rudd by a full car length as that time he got the jump on Earnhardt coming out of the corner. They're back in turn two. Rudd's able to hold it low in turn two and stay in front down the back straight. Here they come into turn three, and Rudd cuts it low. Earnhardt has no room inside. He'll have to wait for another try. So as they work, 404 laps on the board. Ricky Rudd still showing the way further back. The beating and banging continues for positions. Ron Bouchard, Richard Petty, Kenny Schrader all bouncing one off the other. But as the leaders continue to work back to turn number three, it's Ricky Rudd. Now here comes Earnhardt. He'll try and sneak the nose of the Wrangler Monte Carlo inside of the Motorcraft Thunderbird. Can't pull it off that time. Back to the turn. Rudd sees to have a better time in turns one and two staying low than he does in three and four, but he's able to get down off of four enough to pinch off Earnhardt. Let's see in this turn. This time he stays down lower. Earnhardt tries to tuck his nose in again. Door to door. They come off at corner again. Earnhardt down to the inside. That's the preferred groove if you can get under somebody in the corner and you have the stuff. The car is working halfway at all. You can use up a little more racetrack and maybe take over the spot, but he just can't seem to do it. And Earnhardt's car doesn't seem to be working as well in the corner as it was before. Ned, it looks like he's off just a little bit. Doesn't seem to be able to get out of the turn like he was earlier. I, have, I think that a lot of that has to do with the power steering bar. And there he goes under. He might have it. Here they are inside. The lap car helped out. Earnhardt dives inside. Uh, Rudd holds him off again into turn three. But this time, Ricky's way up to turn three banking. 
and there's going to be traffic directly ahead in the form of Clark Dwyer. So Ricky in that outside groove will be able to pin Earnhardt in behind him. Dale sees that coming in the front straightaway and just backs out of it and tucks in behind Rudd because he's not about to get trapped in traffic there and lose any more distance than he has to. They're back in three. Well, Rudd had his problems a while back when he was leading with lap traffic, and it was Eddie Burswell first and Clark Dwyer second, and this time it was Eddie Burswell that almost took the lead away, and Clark Dwyer again, but he's gotten by both. He's got Earnhardt trailing, but by about three car lengths, and Rudd has been able to open up his lead again as they move up onto more lap traffic in turn four. A uh, host of cars picking their way back into turn number one. Bobby Hill and Kyle Petty, Lake Speed, Harry Gant, and Bill Elliott went flying into the corner. They come out in the right order, and the leader is still Ricky Rudd, working on the backstretch, leading Dale Earnhardt by a car length. In third spot, a lap down is Buddy Baker. Fourth, two laps down is Terry Labonte. And fifth, also a couple of laps back, Rusty Wallace. Well, the difference in winning and losing here at Bristol, Tennessee this afternoon might boil down to that power steering unit on Dale Earnhardt's car because we're sitting here talking as they come out of the corner watching Dale Earnhardt. He is really fighting that steering wheel to bring the car off turn number four. And, Ned, you're down track level. You can probably see the same situation in one and two. And he has to be tired at this stage of the race because he's had to drive hard to even stay up in the lead lap and lead quite a bit of this race this afternoon and to work race traffic and to manhandle the car here even with power steering for 500 laps. Pretty good day's work right there. It's tough, no question about it. We heard Richard Childers say back when they hadn't even run 200 laps yet that he didn't think uh, Dale said that he didn't think that he'd be able to go the full distance, and yet he's uh, here with less than 100 laps to go and still in there fighting for the lead. But before this last caution came out, he had dropped back because he was having to fight the car, and uh, he was getting awfully tired. The caution gave him some new breath, and he's been up there fighting Rudd ever since then, but it's obvious that he's getting a little tired, and he's really, as you say, having to fight it in the turns, and then when he gets in traffic, that makes it even tougher yet. So he's going to have a tough time pulling this one off if Rudd continues to run as well as he is. And I'm sure by now that Bud Moore and his team have informed Ricky Rudd that he does have a problem. It would be almost unheard of if he was not aware of what Earnhardt is going through out there right now. 423 laps are on the board at Bristol, Tennessee in the Valleydale 500. Been a matter of survival. It's been one big key in the race this afternoon because quite a few of the top contenders have suffered damage. And although they spent anywhere from 10 to 40, 50 laps behind the wall, a lot of them are still out there running. In that group are Harry Gant and Ron Bouchard and Bill Elliott and Jeff Bodine, just to name a few of the cars that had problems here but are still going to finish the race here this afternoon and put as many laps on the board as possible. Next weekend is Darlington, South Carolina, the Trans-South 500, and quite a few of the drivers will leave here and get ready to go down there this week. Some of them had even planned a test there and other tracks uh, last week. But, of course, the rain out here at Bristol, Tennessee, kind of put a damper on some of those plans. But, nevertheless, they'll all move into Darlington, South Carolina next Thursday morning. And that late model sportsman show, the Dixie Cup 200, which we've broadcast the last couple of years, uh, that's one of the outstanding shows. Those guys get out there, and, you know, Jeff Bodine credits his victory at uh, Darlington a few years ago with what was eventually to land him a Winston Cup ride. So those guys don't take a back seat. It's going to be a heck of a show next Saturday, and then the Trans-South 500 on Sunday. 427 laps are complete. Ricky Rudd continuing to circulate in and around race traffic, and he's a 
amongst four other cars right now. It's allowed Dale Earnhardt to tighten it up as they go by Richard Petty and close in on Kyle Petty, Jimmy Means, and Harry Gant. Into the turn they come, and Jimmy Means and Kyle Petty run side by side right in front of Ricky Rudd as they enter turn three, and Jimmy almost clipped the back end of Kyle going in. Ricky's trying to find a way to pick through. He's had some problem with traffic today, but Earnhardt's power steering difficulties have prevented him from really taking advantage of a move he could make. Now Means goes right up to the wall, nearly tags the fence, and Rudd is able to come underneath, and so is Earnhardt before Means comes back down. They'll put 430 laps on the board. There'll be 70 laps to go here at Bristol, Tennessee in the Valleydale 500. Ricky Rudd is the leader and pretty much having things his way, as he knows, I'm sure Dale Earnhardt has quite a problem with that power steering. But by the same token, I don't think I'd count Earnhardt out. If there's any way to pull this race off, assuming those two run nose-to-tail, first and second stay pretty much like they are, and it comes down to the final laps, Earnhardt will give it everything he's got. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens, although it is very easy to see here in the tower looking on the racetrack that Dale really has his hands full with that card. And more than 20,000 race fans are standing by to see what's going to happen here at Bristol, Tennessee. 50 laps to go at Bristol, Tennessee. 450 are on the board as the fans are watching Ricky Rudd trying to hold off Dale Earnhardt in an ill-handling car without power steering. Ned Jarrett talked with... Richard Childress and the team there just a moment ago about their thoughts. Richard said he didn't know if he could do it or not, but he thought Dale would certainly give it a try here in these final few laps. Ned Jarrett's making his way down to Bud Moore in the pits of the Motorcraft Ford. Ned, are you there? Yes, we are, Barney, and Bud is clocking Ricky every lap and giving him on the radio what his uh, speeds are. Bud, what do you think? Can you hold him off? Well, right now we got our hands full with him. Uh, we're hoping that uh, we can wear him down a little bit more. We... Seems like we've got about a car length wings right now. Maybe we can stretch it on out. Now, you are aware that Earnhardt has a problem. Well, I hear that he had trouble with his power steering, so as uh, strong as Earnhardt is, that don't bother him too much. So he's driving his heart out there right now just like Ricky is. So uh, they both giving it all they got. Well, Bud Moore should know about Earnhardt because he drove for him for several years. And uh, so we didn't give away any secrets when we came down here. I asked him that before we put him on there, and he said, yeah, we know that he doesn't have power steering. Well, as you said earlier, I'm sure they pretty well keep up. The, the teams have found out that listening to radio broadcasts, and, of course, they all have two-way radios, too, they pick up an awful lot of information about what the teams are doing up and down pit road, and it does make a big difference and in the strategy and the outcome of a race a lot of times. 4.56 on the board is all Dale Earnhardt can do right now is just watch Ricky Rudd ride around this racetrack. Hope maybe he'll find himself in a traffic situation somewhere, get himself out of position, and give Dale a shot to take a run at him in the final laps here this afternoon. Those two cars are the only cars on the lead lap. Buddy Baker still being posted as third. And again, we can't say enough about Buddy Baker's run here this afternoon because, as we said, Baker would be the first to tell you he's not one of the best short track drivers in the business, although he likes to run the short tracks. It's just never been his cup of tea. But he's had an outstanding run here this afternoon in his bullfrog liquid wrench car that's prepared by robert harrington out of their shops down toward charlotte north carolina riding fourth terry labonte despite the fact that he's had more in his share of problems today the piedmont airlines car is going to come home with a good finish assuming they can keep running where they are they're currently back there in fourth position and fifth is rusty wallace and this young driver also is beginning to come into his own and be a factor as far as winning races and i don't know why i'm starting to think about those three cars who are each two laps down i guess it's uh, yellow fever when you see 14 caution flags 
should something happen to the two cars on the lead lap, and you can never presume either way, but should something happen, Buddy Baker's got a fairly comfortable lead on the other two cars that are on the same lap with him. He's got three seconds on Terry Labonte, and Labonte has a whole host of time on Rusty Wallace, who's currently in fifth. So uh, the way Dale Earnhardt and Ricky Rudd and everybody else have had to survive here today. Buddy Baker's just biding his time and making sure he's able to keep a comfortable lead on the other guys who are on the same lap with him, two laps down to the leaders. Well, Barney, I mean, Eli, we have to take into consideration that, uh, in fact, if, if fans tuned in late, Terry Labonte lost his two laps when he had to change all four tires under a caution because of a flat. That was during one of the early wrecks. So, basically, he has run with the leaders all afternoon in that Piedmont Airline Chevrolet and not all oh, hundred or so laps ago, Buddy Baker was still in the lead lap. Now he's he has lost two of those laps, so that means that Terry Labonte has made up two laps on him. So actually, he is gaining quite uh, significantly on uh, Buddy Baker right now. He is uh, is probably the third fastest car on the racetrack, leaving off the two leaders. That's a good point. Ned Jarrett brings up there with 463 laps on the board. Jimmy Means making uh, an unscheduled stop here as he was well off the pace and now brings his car to a stop in the back pit area. Jimmy was showing in 10th spot a fine run for him. Back across the start-finish line. The car's continuing to circulate here. Ricky Rudd leaving or leading Dale Earnhardt by just a half car length. And after that little spate of attempts by Earnhardt to get by Ricky Rudd about 15 laps or so ago for the last few times by, Earnhardt seemingly content to let a few more laps continue to click off the scoreboard and then make a move as we get closer to 500 laps. 500 laps here at Bristol really works on a race driver. And as we said, with Dale Earnhardt out there without the power steering unit, just about any driver will tell you that this 500 laps here at Bristol with it banked 35 and 36 degrees over in the corners and getting around here at speeds of going into the turn well better than 110, 15 miles an hour. Richard Petty said it really works on your neck muscles and you get awfully tired. My neck, I got, had a little trouble with neck. I got a long neck anyway. And this, this place is again exaggerates any of the rest of the tracks because most any other track we run you got a little bit of a straightaway this one here you it, the straightaway is leaving rough and the car is bouncing up and down you never get a chance to relax we're under caution at bristol tennessee for the 15th time this afternoon it happened just a moment ago over in turn number two when Clark Dwyer spun going into the turn to bring out the caution. And I guess we'll see everybody diving on pit road, and then again they may decide to stay out there. We'll find out in just a moment with 24 laps remaining in this one here at Bristol. So Clark Dwyer and Don Hume together managing to bring out caution flag number 15 with just 24 laps remaining. So this will be very much your basic Saturday afternoon sprint trophy dash, call it what you will. The two cars on the lead lap making their way down pit road. Ricky Rudd to the Bud Moore pitch, Dale Earnhardt to the Richard Childress pitch, and we go to Ned. And they're changing the right side tires on Ricky Rudd's car and the left side tires on Dale Earnhardt's car. So that is uh, an interesting piece of strategy there. I was wondering what they might do. They can only change two tires if they change more. Ricky Rudd beats him out. Both of them got down off the jack at the same time, but Rudd was right in front of him, so he got out first. So if they lose, if they change more than two tires, of course, they would lose uh, two laps. So now, will the left side tires be better or the right side tires? Jeff Hammond, who is the crew chief on Darrell Waltrip's car, is in the booth with us here right now. Now, you saw Earnhardt take left side tires and Ricky Rudd's crew put on right side tires. What would you have done in that situation? What's the, what's the answer to that strategy? Well, Ned, I'm to be honest with you, 
the way uh, Dale's car has been looking the last little bit, I believe that that may have been a pretty good move on their part. The car has been a little bit loose, and, you know, Ricky's car has been working exceptionally well all day long. So uh, this could be a big plus for Dale. His car's been a little bit loose, so this could be a very determining factor uh, with this few laps to go. Okay, and the left side tires will tend to tighten the car up more than the right side tires will, so we'll see. They're bunching up for a restart over in the back straightaway as Harold Kinder gave him the indication. One lap and we'll go back to green as they're forming up in the middle of the back straightaway. Ricky Rudd leads this one right behind him as Dale Earnhardt. And Earnhardt knows time is running out. He's going to have to do something and do it in a hurry. They're in turn three. And they'll also have one more battle. Terry Labonte and Buddy Baker are running almost ready to have a battle, but Baker got out of the pits late, and he's way behind Labonte. Here they come for the green. Green flag is out. Ricky Rudd gets through that gearbox in a hurry, takes him back into turn number one. Earnhardt stays with him. He's half a car length back. Earnhardt right on the bumper of Ricky Rudd now as they come low off turn number two. Rudd brings it out to the wall. Earnhardt is glued to his rear bumper, diving low again into turn three, and Earnhardt's going to try for the outside. Rudd stays down there. Well, Ricky Rudd covering the low side of the racetrack. Earnhardt still in second spot. Those cars that were two laps down, we'll talk of them in moments as Earnhardt again looks to the high side of Rudd. Can't pull off the move. Of those cars that were two laps down, Terry Labonte is now third with Rusty Wallace fourth, Buddy Baker fifth, and a bit for the lead at the start-finish line. They get door-to-door. He and Earnhardt tangle a little bit, jam some sheet metal up in turn number four. Rudd manages to hang on. Here's Earnhardt underneath him off two. Earnhardt takes a low route. Rudd stays out near the wall. They run side by side into the turn. Earnhardt's down there. Ricky Rudd doesn't seem to be quite as tight. They trade sheet metal off four. They come door to door off the corner. Earnhardt swings out a little bit. Car gets out of shape and Rudd will gain a half a car length advantage. Coming right back on him, Earnhardt, and they get together hard this time off turn two. Again, they do down the back stretch. They tag tires. They come around Don Hume and Jimmy Means, and again, Earnhardt's on the low side. They bump again on the right rear quarter. It's no fun and games anymore. Right now, those two drivers are trying to really put somebody in trouble getting down in the corner. Tempers flare just a moment. You know they're getting kind of keyed up inside those race cars, Ned. Yes, they are, Barney. No question about that. But exactly what Jeff Hammond says happened did with Earnhardt taking on the left side tires. His car would stick to the low side of the racetrack better, and that seems to be giving him the advantage right now. Dale Earnhardt, who's driving a car without power steering. He's done a whale of a job here this afternoon to keep it in contention. He has grabbed the lead away from Ricky Rudd and Bud Moore's Motorcraft Ford and has a two-car length advantage as the laps go down on the board. 485 will come up this time. 15 to go. 15 laps remain as the front twosome pulls off at a turn. Turn number one. As they circulate without a pass being made here, we'll mention that Charlie Jazombak has won the modified half of the Miller Time 500 in Martinsville, Virginia, over Mike McLaughlin, Jimmy Spencer, Brett Bodine, and Jamie Tomano. And on the late model sportsman half, with 53 laps to go, Brett Bodine is leading there. He's driving brother Jeff Bodine's car, the Levi Garrett sponsored entry. So, Charlie Jazombak of Baiting Hollow, New York, winning the modified half, and Brett Bodine leads the sportsman half of the Miller Time 500. You can hear that broadcast from Martinsville Speedway tomorrow on most of the stations. You're listening to the Valleydale 500 on today and hear all the exciting action from Martinsville, Virginia in the Miller Time 500. Time becoming a factor here for Ricky Rudd if he's going to overhaul Dale Earnhardt as Earnhardt has put himself in the lead in the Wrangler car now, has a good 10-car length advantage over Ricky Rudd as they head back to turn one. Well, it, before the cautions, tire smoke characterized almost every entry into turn three for Earnhardt, and that tire change he got during the caution certainly tightened him up. You 
don't see any trace of it, and he is opening up the margin on Ricky Rudnow. Well, the difference for Dale Earnhardt, as Ned pointed out earlier this afternoon, is when he is leading, he can take any groove he wants around this racetrack. He doesn't have to bind the car up. He can take it high, low, let it drift up, whatever he needs to do, and that is one reason that Ricky's having so much trouble chasing him down. They're back in three. Back again they go, and Earnhardt takes a lower line, but not as far low as he had to go to try to get underneath Rudd before, and he's opening up a further margin now. He's probably got a second or two on him as they go around the Clark Dwyer automobile and start down the back straightaway again. Earnhardt continuing to lead and stretch his margin on Ricky Rudd's Motorcraft Ford. Starting to leave his calling card on the short tracks is Dale Earnhardt this year after his showing at Richmond, Virginia a couple of weeks or a number of weeks ago now. He is really leaving a mark on the short tracks. Ricky Rudd right behind. Let's get the clock on him at this point. We'll show you that the differential is just about a second from first to second spot. Now Ricky Rudd having gotten free of any beer swale, one of the lapped cars back across the line. Nine laps to go. The leader is Earnhardt. Earnhardt into turn two easily down low as he comes right down to the white line and sweeps up toward the wall. Ricky Rudd a little bit looser coming off that turn and that's scrubbing off some speed for him as he tries to chase down your leader. Crowd already beginning to gather down at the start-finish line anticipation of getting over to Victory Lane to congratulate either Dale Earnhardt or Ricky Rudd or whoever ends up being here at Bristol, Tennessee. And the way things have went this afternoon, I wouldn't bet a dime on anybody right now. Ned Jarrett is making his way over to Victory Lane, and he'll be talking with the winner here shortly. 493 laps are on the board at Bristol. Here's the leader, Dale Earnhardt, in the Wrangler car. Heads back into turn number one with a good 15 to 20 car length advantage on young Ricky Rudd. And the momentum has seemed to have turned around for Bud Moore's team. They've run well at several racetracks this year. You heard Ricky say, if you've been tuned to our broadcast most of the day, that they just need a little luck to kind of get things turned around. But the momentum has certainly been in their corner here this afternoon. As Earnhardt puts another lap on the board, and the fans here at Bristol, Tennessee, cheer he and Ricky Rudd off turn two. He's using traffic well, too, forcing Rudd to go high around lap traffic when he gets into the turn. And that takes a little bit more time. And this time, Ricky's way up near the wall. Tire smoke. He really had some problem getting into three. And and is not able to close in on Earnhardt as he'd planned on. Earnhardt now has to take a high line through two and three, and Rudd can come lower. That'll cut the margin just a little bit as they come down, but one of them will have to contend with uh, Ken Schrader when they go into turn three, and that's going to be Ricky Rudd. Behind the front two cars, Terry Labonte is still in third. Fourth is Buddy Baker, and fifth now showing three laps down is Rusty Wallace. The leaders continue to work their way around. Race traffic not a factor here as they easily get by others who are just continuing to fill out the laps. Car number 90, Ken Schrader, the last one passed by the leaders and back to the line, Dale Earnhardt with 498 laps on the board. They're back in one. Either Ricky Rudd's having problems or he's trying to use the banking to get himself a little bit more speed, not so much in one and two, but in three and four he goes high in the turn because he's had a chance to gain a little ground. Now he's lower and trying to cut the margin and Earnhardt appears to be doing so. White flag for Dale Earnhardt as he zips across the start-finish line in front of Harold Kinder to take his victory lap here this afternoon and Ricky Rudd's going to have to settle for second spot. He's about 10 car lengths back, but I don't think he'll catch him as they work to three. Here's your leader, Dale Earnhardt, into three and four, and he's on his way for a checkered flag. 499 on the board, looking for 500. The checkered flag out for Dale Earnhardt here in the Valleydale 500 at Bristol, Tennessee. Ricky Rudd will take home second place honors. Third goes to Terry Labonte. He's two laps down. Fourth place, a good showing for Buddy Baker. Also a couple of laps down. And fifth for Rusty Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri, a man who has done well here at Bristol over the years in all sorts of racing. He comes home fifth, three laps down. Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt sharing a thought or two as they come off turn four and we'll head to victory lane. 
with Ned Jarrett in a moment. Dale Earnhardt has won the Valleydale 500, and to the best of my knowledge, this would be his third win here. He's down in victory lane right now, or he's somewhere in that vicinity as Ned Jarrett is searching for him. Let's check in. Well, he's about to take the Wrangler Chevrolet to victory lane. We came over to the gas pumps to try to get a word with him. While he drives over there, Barney, let's see if we can get a word with Ricky Rudd here before. Ricky, you gave it... Ricky, you gave it an awfully good shot there, but just uh, was the difference in the tires there at the end? Well, Ned, uh, Bud, Bud wanted to change the left side tires, and I thought we ought to change the right side tires. And uh, I think I called a bad decision at there at the end of the race because uh, put the right side tires on there. The car was too tight. It was pushing, and uh, Dale changed the left side tires. That's probably the difference in the race right there. Okay, Ricky Rudd finishing in second place. Earnhardt headed to victory lane. We'll get with him in a moment. Quite a finish here at Bristol, Tennessee. And again, here is unofficially the top five. Earnhardt the winner, Ricky Rudd finishing second, Terry Labonte third, fourth to Buddy Baker, and fifth to Rusty Wallace. Back at Bristol, Tennessee, they've just pushed the Wrangler car of Dale Earnhardt up into victory lane, and Ned Jarrett is making his way over to him. Let's go down there. Well, he crawls out of it for the second time, Barney. Actually got out of the car back on the scales while they were weighing the car as they came across. Dale, you look a little tired. Well, power steering went out on it about in 100 laps in the race. I drove 100 laps without power steering. It sort of overworked me a little bit. There were times out there, I'm sure, that you felt like, boy, can I make it 500 laps? Say it again, Ned. I said, were there times when you wondered if you could make it 500 laps? Yeah, we had asked Daryl to hang around, you know, not to run off if uh, something might happen that I could, I'd give out that we'd have him around. But, uh, you know, I made it all the way. Ricky run real hard at the end. Uh, they put on new tires on the right side on the last pit stop, and we put new lefts on, and I think that's how we beat him. Uh, he had run awful strong out there, and he was tough to beat. Was that your call or Richard Childers or Kirk Shelmerdine to change the left side tires? Well, we put new ones on the last time, and we changed the lefts that time, and luckily we did because the left rear was blistered pretty bad, and I was still running Ricky pretty hard, so them new tires really made a difference. Well, Richard Childers and the folks have this Wrangler Chevrolet, the short track program, much better than last year. Well, they do. You know, we worked real hard over the winter on all the programs. Uh, we built a new car for Daytona. It really didn't work out that good, but uh, we have changed it around, and, you know, that program should pick up too. But, uh, you know, these boys just keep proving they're the best, and, uh, you know, they prepared a wonderful driving car today, even though if it didn't have power steering, it still handled real good and uh, did the job, and that's what it's all about. Well, there have been two short track races this year. Dale Earnhardt has won both of them. He now becomes the second driver to win two NASCAR Winston Cup races in 1985, joining Bill Elliott in that category. So Dale Earnhardt picks up his third win here at Bristol, Tennessee. He likes this racetrack, as we said, and he's a kind of a driver that just will not give up. And this was one that had a little bit of everything. And Eli Gold, I think the rundown is in for all the spots. It is. The average speed, 81.790 miles an hour. That's 20 miles an hour slower than the fastest race ever run here in Bristol, uh, one that was won by Charlie Glotz back a number of years ago. Dale Earnhardt, the winner. Ricky Rudd comes home in second spot. Terry Labonte will take third place honors. Buddy Baker with a fine run, finishing fourth. Rusty Wallace will come home in fifth. Sixth spot is Kyle Petty. Seventh will be Lake Speed with Richard Petty finishing eighth. Ninth, Bob Bobby Hillen Jr., a fine run for him, and Ken Schrader finishing 10th. 11th will be Bill Elliott. Jimmy Means, who was in the top 10 much of the day, finishes in 12th spot. Bobby Allison, 13th. 14th finisher was Clark Dwyer, and Eddie Bierschwale running at the finish. He comes home in 15th spot. 16th position will be Don Hume with Ron Bouchard, 17th. 18th will be Jeff Bodine. Neil Bonnet nursing the Budweiser Chevrolet home to a 19th place finish, and Harry Gant finishing 
finishing 20th. 21st will be Ronnie Thomas. Sterling Marlin, 22nd. 23rd finisher, Darrell Waltrip. Dave Marcus gets credited for 24th spot. Phil Good, 25th. 26th will be Mike Potter with J.D. McDuffie, 27th. Phil Parsons will get 28th place money ahead of Joe Rutman in 29th. And Tim Richmond will be the 30th place finisher in the 30-car field. For Eli Gold, I'm Barney Hall saying so long from Bristol, Tennessee. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.